छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to the end of the year, best of 2019 recording of Don't Read the Latin. Yay! Yay! Yay. And we have a whole bunch of guest stars. I am Jennifer Lovely. I am Rias Hall. I'm special guest Jillian Venters. I'm Jeff Harris. And I'm handsome husband Jim. <laughs> we have to give you a last name one of these days. No. No. No, it, it's, it's, it's Jim it, is his Jim last is name. Jim is the last name. Yeah. My, my, handsome my, his first husband. name is handsome. His middle name is husband. His last name is Jim. That's right. <laughs> I come from a long line of Jims. <laughs> so I'm just going to pop out there with, um, I was really worried as I was starting to put my top 10 list together. Um, because there was a month and a half period when we were buying a house that I literally didn't watch any movies. I have a top eight list. Well, there you go. I have a top five. I literally have a top 10 list and I have like a top 12 list of, of movies that I feel like need an honorable mention that are very likely going to get mentioned by you guys. But it really kind of hit me. And then there was stuff like, you know. I didn't see, I only saw 15 horror movies this year and <laughs> they are not worthy not all of them are worthy really? of a top ten list. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of really interesting film out there. And um, I'm just really interested in hearing. The, the thing that I really liked, especially in group um, podcasting recordings, is that there were enough things that came out from everything from art house to, like, a big studio that... There were a couple of films overlapping, but there were nearly entirely fresh top ten lists from each person, and it was fantastic to me to oh, hear, that's nice like, to see. yeah, that there was enough out there that not everybody was ringing up the same. See, all the top ten lists I looked at so far were pretty much homogenous. Yeah, they, they all listed the same sort of movies I thought they would. So okay, all right, well. I'm not sure how to start this out, but other than say, who wants? To, well, okay, who who all has a top ten? Me, me, and okay, okay, I have a all top right. five. All right, well, I'm <clears throat> going to start with my number ten movie then, um, and mine is The Wind, um, by with directed by uh, I think it's Emmy uh, Emma. What is it? I can't read my own handwriting. Emma Thompson. Not her, <laughs> but anyway, The Wind, uh, which is a story kind of set in uh, frontier America, um, where we are at a point where uh, you have settlers who literally they have one other person who might live by them. And there's... Oh, it, it's it, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I bought it right when it first came out, because sometimes I... And, and at the end of this, I'm going to have three movies that I bought that I couldn't bolster up the... <laughs> energy to watch because there was a couple of really harrowing mm-hmm. films that came out this year that I just couldn't watch. Um, 
But the wind is is pretty much a husband and wife, and then another couple moves in kind of in their vicinity, and strange happenstance start to occur, and um, it's kind of the fear of being alone in a very rural, very alien, isolated, isolated place, and how much of it is paranoia, and how much of it is... Um, no, really, really, the woods might be haunted. Yeah, yeah. Or there could be a bear. And the sense of peril and just uh, the struggle that the wife is going through is just, it was a, an amazing adventure, I thought, to be on. And so I just really enjoyed it. Did anybody else see it this year or no? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit of that. So uh, it's been, I think we can all agree that this has been a very weird year. It, it has been really a rough really... year for everyone yes. Oh, yes. in a lot of different ways. And so like our weekly movie nights have kind of been postponed because Jen has been moving. And so we just haven't gotten together to watch as many movies. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a bunch that came out in the theaters that I wanted to go see that you know, for example, I am sure Midsummer is a great movie, and I wanted to see it, but I didn't get to. Yep. Uh, I can name half of the things yeah. that I think should be on my list, but because I legitimately didn't get to see it. Yeah. Uh, and we can, I, that's something I actually kind of wanted to bring up at the very end, just so that we're not tracking on, a, on somebody else's list of things that we wish we'd seen. That yeah. either for whatever reason didn't get to. And I have some other media on my list as Fantastic. well. Things that I liked this year that yeah. maybe weren't a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely have that. I say flailing in a pen. Okay. Well, uh, Jim, what is your... Uh, Are you going to be okay with spoilers for Midsummer, Jeff? I am. Okay. okay. I'm okay with spoilers for Midsummer, right? Uh, the I, only thing I say is uh, before we say spoilers, just make sure we mention that. Right. Right. Or we could... You know what we could even get is like some kind of sting that we pop in there if we're going to be... Uh, so, first a caveat. Um, my list is, as always, uh, a lot of it is my enjoyment of a movie, mm-hmm. whether or not it's technically good or not. And other stuff is because it's just a solid movie all around. But there's things get rated according to my fun. Mm-hmm. So As it uh, should be. Yes. So, number 10 for me is Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep uh, took everything that was really good in The Shining, mm-hmm. uh, made you remember, oh yeah, those are the, the, the good parts of The Shining, and had great uh, actors doing wonderful performances and also didn't fall into the trap of you have to do an exact impersonation of this person from The Shining. Oh, that's good. But it captured their spirit, their essence. Um, I forget the actor... Because uh, he he plays uh, John Jones's dad on Mar- uh, on uh, Supergirl. Yeah. Um, but he was the uh, um, his feeling. Scat- Scatman Crothers. Yeah, yeah, Scatman he was Crothers. really good. Carl Lumley. Carl Lumley. So Carl Lumley, there is a moment in that film where you see him in profile, and he's got his his like his jaw jutted out just a little bit, mm-hmm. and he in profile. It, you, it's haunting that he looks like Scatman Brothers as much as he does in that. He movie. does. He looks like a brother. Yes. He looks like Scatman Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself for that joke. <laughs> I am so proud. Have I mentioned that I haven't been sleeping? That's that's a solid one. Uh, but it, the, that's the the perfect kind of thing is that he's yeah. he's got they've all got the essence of that of the characters 
And it's a solid story. It's, yeah. it's touching. and I want to touch on fun. Alex Esso's portrayal of, uh, of Wendy is yes. just and not only not only did they they take the best things, they also improved on yeah. things in The Shining that should have been improved on. May Wendy. I make a counterpoint? Yes, go ahead and finish. No, say, Wendy gets her due. She does. Oh, she did yeah, ten times. That's more true. Um, I liked a lot of things about that movie, but there were some things that really annoyed me. I felt like once in Act Three. I felt like in Act 3, like someone had watched the Kubrick version of The Shining and gone down a checklist to make sure that all the ghosts in the hotel were accurately represented. And I could have used less of that. I wanted an homage to the original movie, but maybe we don't need every... We don't need the... Maybe we don't need the twins. Or maybe we don't need... For me, yeah, for me, See, they, I, I felt I like that. it was too reliant on the Kubrick film and wasn't enough of its own thing. I, but the parts that were its own thing, I absolutely loved. Yes, and I, I totally get that criticism mm-hmm. as someone who, uh, as I have told Jen too many times in the last several days, the more I think about Rise of Skywalker, the angrier it makes me. Um, the uh, But as someone who looks at something where they checked a bunch of boxes, uh, in The Shining, it it's... They're not, like, they don't do anything central. They're just kind of there. So if they want to check the box of, like, when they do the big dog pile scene on him, that they want to make sure that all of them are the accurate ghosts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, and the, the twins are iconic, etc. You can give them a little more screen. For me, it didn't bother me so much. Uh, but hey, you know that's that's mm-hmm. that's, that's that, okay. That it's your not your. It is not your number one movie. No, it is not. And it's pretty far down on my list too. But it is on my list. So there you have it. So that was my number 10, is Dr. Sleep. Okay, I can't remember. So me and you have 10s, and then I, we, people I are going to... I have gonna, 8. She has and, 8. And you have 8? I have 5. Okay. 5. All right, awesome. So then I am going to go to uh, my number 9 movie, which is Hagazusa, uh, which is the uh, kind of... it's. It, it kind of feels like a combination of... Um, Oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Her Mother's Eyes, which came out a couple of years ago, and The Witch. It's kind of like. Oh, the yeah. one that was really, really slow that you said really, I love, but it's really, really slow. It is so slow. It, it, the Witch, it appears to be a roller coaster ride in comparison to Hegazusa. Um, and it basically is, it starts out with this woman as a young girl of, with her mother, I believe, as she's dying, and then, um, goes forward in time to her with her infant child. And she is, it is, it is literally medieval times where she is kind of seen as the uh, herbalist midwife hated woman presumed to be a witch who lives on the outskirts of, of their town and how both necessary and hated Mm -hmm. those, those powerful different women are and how it's gorgeously done. It's completely dark fairy tale. Um, And it's just gorgeous, and it's. I did not like Mandy, but I feel like it hits a lot of the notes when I hear people discuss why they loved Mandy. It touches a lot of that that gorgeous, dreamy, drunken, drug filled imagery of being an art piece right. and a movie. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. It's in, and it's really it's just beautiful and disturbing. And it it has stayed with me, even though I don't necessarily want to rush out to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things, 
I don't know, uh, I'm going to leave it ahead as I said in case anybody else is on their list too. But one of the things I do want to mention is because Jim kind of talked about how he decides what it is and isn't on his list. Um, I have like a one through five rating on my, um, on my letterboxd and it's, I hated it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I really loved it. I just adored it. And that's my five. And I realized that some things, you know, I'm going to have write it as a five and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a perfect film. It just meant I, I loved it completely. Um, I have movies that I've absolutely adored that I think are even considered life changing to me where I've only seen it once. And it's just that experience of, of having really, it just really impacted me. So like, to me, sometimes rewatchability isn't very important. I have a couple movies that were hugely pivotal in my life that I've only watched once. I yeah. mean, I own on Blu-ray or DVD, and I still haven't brought myself to rewatch yeah. them. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's Hagazusa for me. So, Jim, what's your number nine? My number nine is a movie that we watched yesterday. <laughs> Velvet Buzzsaw. See. Vel- I, everything I've heard about it, on the one hand, I should like it. On the other hand, there's this this hesitance I have about I. This I've, could really, really annoy me. I have seen. Yeah, it's because the title of, sounds so fucking edge lordy. No, that's not it. It, it. it sounds like it's a movie about idea. strippers. <laughs> Murderous strippers. It, so it it is really a divisive film. It is the reviews. The people basically it, there's not a there's a fair of course there are people out there that are like. Men. Eh. But there's a lot of people that really hate that movie, and there's a lot of people that Just really love that movie. And for me, it was a definite thumbs up. Like, artsy films are not my bag, typically. And this has some artsy elements to it, but yeah. it's... Really it is very just, stylized and very L.A. Yes. In, is, in, in that thing that you either love or hate L.A. for. Yeah, it's very, very... These are very kind of phony people in a lot of ways. Um, so if that annoys you, that'll be something that'll, that'll be a problem. It, they never, the thing that I love about it is that it is, it is a, there's horror, there's a horror movie that is going on, but it is kind that horror movie is kind of going on around the edges for the most part until the end. The, the, everything else is all character driven drama of all of these people the interacting with one another. In this. It is, it is Tony Collette is, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh-huh. It is, um, John Malkovich. It is, um, oh God, what is the, the woman the who owns the art gallery? I can't remember her name. See, that's the other reason I haven't watched it yet uh, because I'm going to have to watch Rene it. Russo, Rene Russo. Rene Russo. When Pete is not home because it's set in the modern art gallery scene and mm-hmm. that will just Fill him with rage. Yeah. And it talks about the problems with the modern art yeah. scene. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're all very self-aware of what the issue is that you, pe- rich people are buying up all the art and people don't get it has to see a woman it leaving who, who worked for a museum very deliberately because she wanted to... Cash in, because... No, well, but she worked very deliberately within the museum because she wanted to be part of what... Was good. Good with art and bringing it to the masses, but she realized it was... A waste. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no point because the rich people are just going to win. So why not get your money and yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. She goes in her and when she's talking about, I bought a decent car, and she was so excited about having like a car that was like she didn't even say it was like a fantastic car. She's like, I bought a reliable car. Right. Yay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's 
There's a, it, poor, Coco. poor Coco. Poor Coco. The, the teenage girl that's in the Stranger Things. She's mm-hmm. the one who starts out as the girlfriend of one and then is the girlfriend of the other through mm-hmm. the course of the first season. Oh, right. Plays a young woman trying to be an assistant or work in the art world. And she is just, your heart breaks for her. And there is a moment that I don't think is terribly spoiler where she walks into a hallway and says, fuck me. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, Coco. <laughs> so it's the experience of everyone who's ever interned in an art. Probably. Yes. So good. Com- combined with being in a horror movie. Um, yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, all of these characters are all well-rounded. There are points where you're like, I, that character is, they're, they're, they're one of the good ones. And then it turns out, no, they're, they've done really shitty things. Yeah. And there are people that have done really shitty things. And you're like, no, no, they're actually, some of the good ones, you know. They, yeah. Everybody is everybody very human. Was varied. And varied, very human, very, it's, and it's, uh. And the, it was so good to see certain of these actors and actresses just being in a movie. Yes. Right. Malkovich and is be- wonderful oh. in it because, like, as I said to Jen, I'm like, it's great that wherever he's at in his, in his career that he just picks and chooses these roles and does he, them because he wants to do them. And he picks, them. like, utter schlock sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then just these high-end arty things that are just Fucking awesome. And the thing is that, so we, we watched Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet Buzzsaw, we were both like, oh, I don't know about that ending. And then the credits roll, and there is more that goes over the credits. And we were like, oh, no. I'm good. It, it oh, saved it. It okay. pulled it out. It yeah. pulled it out. It was, yeah. it's, it's, so it's a wonderful movie. Uh, I really like it. It is, it is bonkers. It is, but it's all character driven. And then yeah. there's a horror movie that's going on all around it. And it, there are people that are going to hate it for whatever reason that they don't like yeah. L.A. art scene movies or things or it's just that not enough them. action going on for them. But, but it felt very tense. It I, was. I, it was very hmm. tense. And again, it's not because necessarily of the horror aspects, which there are. And the creepy act- art is so fucking creepy. Yeah. Oh, it's oh. good stuff. Creepy, creepy fucking art. Yeah. All right. Art. All right, I'm in. And then, and, you know, it just, it ensorcelled us. Oh, <laughs> It's a line. It's oh, so God. I so it, it was one that I had on my list of wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. So yeah. I just, yeah. So I just, yeah. I need to I take the it, time. I wrote it on my list. That's one of those time. I wrote it on my list. Um, so I'm going to go to eight. Mm-hmm. So which is going to open the door for some people because other people are going to be popping in. My number eight is a movie I wasn't even aware of until a week and a half ago. It is called Atlantics. And it uh, premiered on Netflix this year. Um, it is uh, it is set in Dakar, um, and there's a sense really. It kind of reminded me of Wages of Fear. And there's a hmm. what is the remake of Wages of Fear? Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Um, okay, so basically you're in this part of Dakar where there's this gorgeous uh, high rise tower that is going up. This gorgeous and high art, um, and they have been just abusing the local men that are working in it. They haven't paid them in three months. Mm-hmm. There's no money in the area. Um, and it is kind of the story of, I believe it's Suleiman is the young man who's working part of the work crew. They're demanding because basically the guy who's the owner and is living high on the hog and just not paying people. Um, and he's fallen in love with uh this girl and she is promised to kind of a wealthy man, which is going to literally raise her out of abject poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's promised to him and going to be getting married in a week and a half, 
yet they love each other just wholeheartedly. And at the end of this day, like he's trying to get her to stay with him. And she's like, Oh, I'll see you later tonight. And he gives her this, this uh, present of, of a necklace that he, he'd really wanted to give to her. And he's kind of begging her to stay with him. And she's like, Oh, I'll see you tonight. They're all heading to this little dance club. Um, and later that night, when the, all the girls, all the women go to this dance club to see the men, they're all gone because they all went out on the ship headed for Spain, hoping... All the men some, are gone? All the men okay. are gone because they've all taken off for, like, Spain, uh, hoping that they can make money to send home to their family, make a life right. for themselves because there's literally nothing there. Mm-hmm. The one job that is available working on this on this office tower is not paying anyone, and it's just basically people are just living in abject poverty. So as time progresses, strange occurrences start to happen again. And Tony, Tony, it's a dark fairy tale. Everyone drink. Um, it is a gin story. Oh. It is a possession story. And then things start happening and mm. people start being punished. And it is a story of a heartbreaking young romance of this detective who's trying to solve things that are happening illegally. Uh, there's a bed that's set on fire that he's trying to pin on the girl because it's her, her marriage bed gets set on fire. And um, it it's quiet and kind of dreamy. Again, there's a certain kind of movie apparently I like. Oh, <laughs> there's not a li- Yeah, not a lot of big action, but it's uh, creepy and and just a beautiful dark fairy tale story. So that's my number eight. So, Jillian, what is your number eight? La Llorona. Oh, wasn't that a fun movie? I really liked it. It was really fun for what it was. Um, Apparently those like 70s era spooky setting movies of all, you know, all those true life haunting folklore books that I read, you know, are complete catnip for me. I liked the fact that the folklore magic they used was actually based in folklore magic. Like everything the priest did, I was like, oh, I know yep. what, I know what spell that is. I know what protective thing that is. That's awesome. And also, I just want a complete like series of movies about him. Yeah. He was the best one. He was, <laughs> he was the best character, but it was really fun. Yeah. And at first, when I first heard about it, I was a little worried because I, like five years ago, I went to Halloween Horror Nights down in LA and they did a lot on a maze mm-hmm. just to help. Uh, Hispanics are huge Hispanic fans of, of and, horror. And it was an amazing maze. It was really well done. So I was a little worried about how the movie would be, if it would be exploitative. Except it was written and directed by Hispanic yes. people. So yes. basically kind of treated it with a little bit of respect. Yeah, so I really, really liked it. That was I so really much fun. I really liked when we did watch it because one of the things that Rise brought up, having the huge full knowledge of, of cinema and horror that you have, you mentioned how many movies out there exist about this story, except a lot of them are Oh, yeah, there's Mexican like 15 and, movies with that title. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of them are, Mex- most of them, as far as I know, are Mexican movies. Yeah. But anyway. I mean... Okay, this is going to be a guilty pleasure of, of mine based on La Llorona. To the point of some of the luchador movies, she uh-huh. was very common. Yeah. And oh, for yeah. luchador horror, they yeah. would have the... Yeah, it's really big. Yeah, it is yeah. a big folk legend yeah. there. So it's, it's yeah. that 
ingrained in, in the culture. It's their version of the hitchhiking ghost. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean the haunted mansion hitchhiking ghost. I know, ghost. I know. I mean the hitchhiking ghost where a guy picks a girl up on the road and she has to be dropped off and then he finds out that she's been dead for ten years. Right. There's, she died coming there home is a the new prom. movie that came out this year that I haven't seen yet called yeah. The Fair. Yeah. That oh. looks very stylized and very interesting that's kind of mm. in that same wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is you know, because La Llorona is such a huge piece of folklore I mean, it is now filtered into consciousness enough that there are like the the fluffy supernatural cozy mysteries where dealing with La Llorona is a plot point. I've read like three of those. <laughs> and on the one hand, I'm like, okay, this is great because it's seeping into the larger cultural yeah. hive mind. Yeah. On the other hand, magical bakery, cozy romance mm. with vengeful murderous ghost? Well... Okay, you you write what you want to write, people. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I see you have an, an eight? She has, oh, no, five. She has five. Okay, so Jim. I have no, eight. I have seven. You have seven. Oh, seven, okay. My number eight is a TV show, so we'll oh. skip that. No, I have a TV show on mine, too. I have like five or six TV shows. I just didn't kill them on the Oh, wait a minute. Was that allowed? Because I just cut myself to movies. I, well, if you have I a had, ten list, it's movies. If you're desperate, well, no. you can include <laughs> other things. No, I have... I have one that I, I slipped into my top ten because it was just so amazing. I couldn't not have it in there. So, um, I really liked this season of The Terror. Oh, I haven't seen either season. It, uh, it's so good. It takes place in and around a Japanese internment camp during World War II. So at the beginning of the movie, you see these people being taken from their homes and put into what is basically crappy barracks housing. Mm. And these are people who were born in America, who served, some of them, their kids were in the military when this was happening. And it's really this dark period of American history that's only recently people have stopped ta- started talking about it. Right. But it combines a lot of um, Japanese ghost stories and mythology and legends And I just really loved the way that they kind of wove it all together so that you're seeing the real horrors of what was happening to people combined with this hungry ghost spirit that is sort of stalking them. Oh, I just want to see both these things so badly. I felt like it kind of went off the rails a little, but not so much that it was... Unenjoyable for That it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. It's awesome. And there's like a Hispanic family with a, a brujaria in it oh. who is trying to help. And it's, it's, I really liked it. Cool. So uh, that's going to be my number eight, you- I guess. Uh, my number eight is a little movie we haven't discussed at all called The Curse of La Llorona. Hey! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I was loud. Um, the, uh, no, it's, it's a, it's a really fun movie. It's, uh, it's not. It's not exploitative. Yes, the priest is like awesome, and I want more of him in the uh, in the Conjureverse. Yes, um, and uh, it was it was just a it's just a fun movie, yeah. and and got some heart to it, and uh, and some nice effects. Yeah, in yeah, it. the and, effects were good, and yeah. uh, it just it it's it left me. It gave me a good cinematic cinematic experience, and so yeah. I, I, like I said, a lot of my stuff is like how much fun I had, and I had a lot of fun with Curse of Llorona. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my number seven, which is a uh, horror noir, a history of black horror. 
Uh, it was a amazingly well done uh, documentary that I was... I meant to put that on my list. Oh my God. <laughs> well, we can talk about it now. Yes. Um, I didn't know we were allowed to include documentaries. Anybody can... Uh, our That's lists, okay. Our lists are whatever made us happy with horror this year. All right. P- okay. This is a game of Calvin Ball. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I loved because, again, it, it, it opened the door to people seeing how important black cinema has been in horror and that black horror exists out there. Yes. You know, um, I don't know. I don't remember the name of the guy. Um, but there is a guy on Twitter who basically is sharing people who are famous in the black community that white America is completely yeah. unfamiliar with. And we need to start having these conversations because we need to realize that, that the baseline isn't white male America. Yeah. It needs to be a less homogenous view. Exactly. Um, and we need to stop being like, oh, but we're colorblind. I'm sorry. These no. other communities and these other cultures exist and we need to appreciate them and lift them without only a- appropriating them and then saying how much we like it that so-and-so does this except we, you know, tear down this other community for doing the exact same thing. Right. Um, and, you know... I think we're at a point in time where Jordan Peele is making movies um, that we need to kick that door down and appreciate um, the the horror that's come before now and and realize that there's room for these other stories in there. So um, it just, it was, it was such a good documentary and it, you know, I think it honestly could have been, it honestly could have been a television show where we continue yeah. Talking about more, I almost wish it had been longer because it was fantastic. So that's my seven. Well, and, and with that one, so so the, one of the producers on that was uh, Tiana Reeve Doe, mm-hmm. who is married to my old teacher, Steve Barnes. Cool. And so one of the things I see on her feed a lot is, you know, she's teaching a class, I believe at Berkeley, that at one of the major universities on... Uh, Basically, horror noir, the, the subject yeah. of the documentary. Oh, she teaches an entire movie. academic course on this, so there is a lot. If you can manage an entire course, uh-huh. then there's a lot of material. Yeah. Uh, I was also thinking how that it stuck with me on a couple of things. We on um, uh, a party uh, that a friend had recently. He had uh, it was a Halloween party, mm-hmm. and he had classic horror movies in the background, and Blackula came on. That's cool. And even though the sound was off, we watched, and I remember thinking about the Blackula section of Horror Noir mm-hmm. and the iconic shot of the one female vampire running down the hall in slow motion. That's cool. Yeah. And the influence that had on other movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, the, the last thing I'm going to say in regards to this is my only, like, thing I'm kind of, I feel like I'm stringent about on what needs to be on our lists is that it's actually from this year. Or released in the U.S. market. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the thing is, is uh, I think you were looking up stuff and you're like, but it shows it's 2016 or it shows it's 2017. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. availability right. and release was If you're looking at things in- on IMDb, it shows like their first ever screening at a festival before oh. it became mainstream. Yeah. Right, right. And IMDb, the date. while problematic in certain ways of like having misinformation um uh, one of the things they are good at, and it's where I go to to find out what the release date and mm. what means it was released yeah. um, for yeah. for films and TV shows. So, yes. uh, so seven, ready or not, 
Oh which, my god! Which I watched so last fun. night. Um, I watched it the night before last, and that we was just my number five. That was just a really fun romp. Isn't she a delight? She is a fantastic character because she. I want to show yeah, you the baby. She's so realistic. She's just like you know, fuck this, and what? The, why didn't you tell me you this? You can't show her the babysitter. No, you I know, can't. No, I, I've been it's told you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, oh my god, that house! I want that house so uh, badly. I um, want the house from Knives Out. We can yes. be neighbors. <laughs> see, I haven't seen Knives Out yet. I was, oh, I was going the to Knives go Out see house it. is better. I was going to go see it, and then the the back throwing out in the emergency room happened. So, so yeah. much for that. But there was, it was just so fun and. My only regret about the movie is that we didn't see a full-on brawl with with the aunt because fucking angry she, murder aunt. I loved she was, her. So I loved angry much. murder aunt. I loved everything about her. I wanted her. her. I wanted angry murder aunt to actually be the same character as Jamie Lee Curtis in Knives Out because they were both. Kind of amazing. I know. I love they would pan and everybody's like, oh, we're at a wedding. It's the family. And angry murder and is just scowling as hard as she could. Also, I wanted her purple velvet capelet, but you know. Oh, everything about also, her is delight. that is the movie where... So there's a scene in the movie, and I'm not spoiling anything, where a character runs into a barn, and the barn is full of goats. Is that the movie that... That you exclaimed about. And I was sitting on the couch, I'm watching a horror movie intently with Monty next to me. And then all of a sudden, very loudly, I yell, Oh my god, goats! <laughs> and then I realized that life with me sometimes is like taking a road trip with a three-year-old. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say on your... No, just that it was super, super fun. So it was fun. super fun. I really liked it, too. It's my number five. But I now have way too many movies on my list because, so, anyway. Because we've opened oh, the kick down that door. Yeah. So, what's your seven? My seven? Okay, this is not a good movie by any <laughs> measurable thing, but I really enjoyed the hell out of watching it. It's called The Pilgrim. It is. Oh, I meant to watch that too. Oh, it's terrible. It's kind of a. It's okay. So this family want are fighting a lot, and they decide they want to have an old timey style Thanksgiving to get back into the spirit of what Thanksgiving really means. Mm-hmm. So they f- mother hires this troop of actors to come in and portray pilgrims. <laughs> oh, that goes well. <laughs> So that that fam and the the group show up and they're like, oh, we're here three days early. We're just and she's like, oh, you could just stay with us for three days. And this is a mistake because I believe they're not actually actors, but some kind of evil time traveling pilgrims who sort of burn the fa- end up murdering the entire family because they're not religious enough because that's what actual pilgrims would have done. Even time-traveling some- pilgrims? I don't know if they're time-traveling or if they're just deeply into character. But <laughs> they, they, they just go on a murder spree and the butter churn is full of blood. I am strangely charmed by this. <laughs> and that's strangely charming. It's not a good movie, but it is a fun, stupid movie that I enjoyed. Um, so it's pretty gross. Me. It's got a lot of real gross stuff in it. It is a it is a film clearly made by people who wanted to have a lot of interesting kills. It was, came out at Thanksgiving as one, part of Hulu's Every Month Horror. Yes, and what I will say is I just listened to a documentary, or not a documentary, I listened to an interview with directors mm-hmm. um, that uh, this was based on a real instance 
where they had people over for Thanksgiving dinner and they were reenactors and they basically stayed in character for the whole thing and it was an inspiration for the horror movie. Okay, because that is what happened. Thanksgiving reenactors. That's very, what I'm stuck well, on. Well, judging by this movie, very rich people who you don't mind seeing murdered. I was going to say, it's like somebody had a bet. Do a horror movie based on a monster that in no way showed up in Cabin in the Woods. Well, I think the thing is that um, Hulu has this series, and I can't remember what it's called, and it's like every month they do a different horror movie for the holiday. Yeah. And it's, so it's, that was it's, the Thanksgiving yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is um, this was part of my introduction to um, Sophia Tikal who did um, Always Shine. She did a um, an honorable mention that I'm going to give out, which uh, it wasn't going to get talked about because it came out uh, December 28th of 2018. Okay. And it's called New Year, New You. Oh, 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 oh. I didn't oh, watch oh. that. I did watch uh, Always Shine, and I hated it. Yeah, I loved it. So well, Jen and I have different viewpoints. <laughs> have that's different why taste. we're on a podcast but I was together. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> But I was going to mention it because um, I wanted to give it an honorable mention this year because I, I wouldn't have seen it before we recorded last year because yeah. it was released. But um, the thing is, these uh, Hulu movies they're releasing once a month, they're giving directors that may not have gotten an opportunity uh-huh. elsewise to, to make movies. And yeah, and some of them the are movies... really shit on and some of them are really interesting. Yeah. There's one that I want to watch, which is about a woman who is a geneticist and her son is a serial killer. So she starts cloning people for him to murder. <gasps> oh, yeah. I heard yeah. about that and I have not yet watched it. Oh, that sounds interesting. It's on my list. Uh, where are we at? Seven, uh, seven for Jim. And seven yep. for Jim. So my number seven is one that flew a little under the radar, but uh, but Blumhouse is everywhere. So there it is. It's a movie called Sweetheart. <gasps> I just watched that yesterday morning, and it's on my list somewhere. Sweetheart is uh, uh, it's got a cast of I think uh, like three. six so, people, like three or four people. Yeah, well, two of them are corpses. Two of them are corpses, and one of and, and one, one of them is a the monster. monster. So uh, it's a very small cast. It's yeah. filmed in Fiji, so it's just gorgeous looking. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's on a deserted island. Uh, uh, two people d- wash up on a deserted island after some sort of at-sea yeah. tragedy that yeah. you, that happened. And uh, one of them is badly, badly injured. Uh, but of course, they're on a desert island, so what are you going to do? So, you know, he. but before he dies, he says, did you see it? And then she, but she wanders around and it turns out there is some sort of uh, monster, a, aquatic monster that is living just offshore. That really only comes out after dark. Yes, and so for it, the most part, for the yeah. most part, so it comes out and starts. She has to start fighting it off, protecting herself. It doing is all a these movie. Things. It has been doing this for a while because there are other people. There are other good people on the island. Yeah, but the other the thing I like about it is no exposition. No, it puts you in the story. The story mm-hmm. starts with her waking up on a beach. And then, as it goes on, you in you get to piece together the backstory. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's the- things that are shown in it that are never explained, but you know, you that know what happened. That first shot of seeing the monster, seeing it in silhouette, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, there's some great film film work in there. There's some great shots. I I liked the I really liked the monster design. Um, it is yeah. It's 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 like a goblin shark that went to hell. And goblin sharks are already pretty hellish to begin with. <laughs> um, um, but it's. But it, once that trip to hell, man, then you're just. Yeah, the, yeah it was great creature design. I really liked it because the main character, who I. I her name is actually Jen, but we never. But the movie's named after her because 
when when someone calls her sweetheart at yes. some point yes. yeah um is a young african-american actress um the director of the film says that he only is going to make films that feature african-american people Amazing. he's also nice. he's also african-american i think and she's an awesome character she's incredibly self-reliant there's a lot of times when i watch films where people are trapped on an island and i'm so angry at them yeah. because i'm like dude you can catch water in that you can do this for this, because yeah. I'm super freaked out. I'm super survival-oriented, even though I never go into the forest. <laughs> the the well, only it's thing smart that she, not to go into the forest. That, that in the movie, because she you know, did a lot of survival stuff, It was she was pretty smart about things. The only thing that I complained about, I was like, well, see, you should have lit that fire. You should have dug a pit. And lit the fire in there so, so you, you can just stoke it. Yeah, because yeah. she goes. She does she run out of matches, matches. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you should have kept that fire in that movie where I was like, that's the other the the, the thing you should have done was to. But somebody who's but, never dealt with making fires isn't going to think about no, it. No, I mean, there's, but that's City like girl. the one thing too. It's yeah. like the one thing. Everything else, she does like a bunch of other really smart stuff. Yeah, so, I, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, no, the sweetheart. It's a. It's a very small cast, very intimate location monster movie, and it was really good. Yeah, yeah I agree. And it just came out this week. It just yeah. went up on like, uh, Netflix. It's been about the last Netflix. month. It's been out for like, Oh, has it been out for a while? We ended yeah. up renting it. Then, oh, okay. Then we looked last night, and it's like, oh, it's on Netflix, playing for free now. Oh, yeah. well. Right. I, I kind of have a seven. Okay. It's, okay, so if we're going, it, it is not necessarily a horror movie, but certainly involves monsters. Okay. That being Godzilla, oh, king of the monsters. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, he's uh, a monster, all right. And, okay, I think the best description I heard somebody say uh, was, it's it's not really a good movie, but it's an almost perfect Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it comes down to the, yeah. the human story isn't great, but we don't care. The Godzilla story, on the other hand, yeah, you get to is watch fantastic. A lot of monsters... And Stomp it on things. One of the things as a old school kaiju fan, I absolutely loved was not just the adherence to the uh, designs from the original movies, but each monster's leap moth was their original theme from their original mm-hmm. movie. Nice, yeah. And uh, so just that love of this one was the movie made by people who loved Godzilla movies, yeah. loved kaiju films, and decided, hey, Let's see if we can make a really, really... And the cinematography, the fact that we have these great hero shots of the monsters. Yeah. Did you have Jim, any- I'm sure you've got an opinion on this one. Oh, no. It's a, it's a, it's a really good uh, good movie. It's just... It's funny. Uh, it, again, I'm, it's, it's fresh in everyone's mind that's, that's gone to see it, but it's just like comparing it to a certain, certain aspects of Star Wars movies. Um, first of all, after Last Jedi, where Finn literally obliterates Rose from a shot as he man like interrupts her to mansplain the plan to Poe, mm-hmm. the mansplaining protagonist in Godzilla just like he is really just this guy is a hateable. fucking dick. Like <laughs> he's, he's really supposed terrible. to be your hero. I'm I'm out to save my family and get my family back together and blah blah blah. And it's just like no, you're a fucking ass. 
Yeah. You are an asshole. The you're people, like, the people in Godzilla are like really the one. The, there's this, the the the, the we're one like rocks Asian could fall and hit them. Asian woman okay. that's in there, and she's like, "No, we're going to be doing this," and he's like, "Yes," and it's just like right in front of her, like like interrupts her to explain the plan. The, the general is like, "Oh yes, let me listen to the white man." Mm, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the human story in that movie not awesome, terrible. Yeah. But when the we monsters. get back to the monsters, but Bradley Whitford, man, I love seeing Bradley Whitford in movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's great. The uh, uh, but the, the 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 other thing that it does, and again, we're going to another Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. Godzilla does nostalgia right. Like nostalgia is like a little thing for the people who are fans have of the touchstones to it, rather than having it lead the it's entirety not, of it's it. It's not like, yeah. hey, remember that one Godzilla movie where it's like, here's a music cue, here's yeah. this little homage. Yeah, and they'll appreciate like, that. Oh, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, and we'll do the spoiler sting right here. Spoilers. One thing that I didn't uh, notice until a rewatching, I, a rewatching on an airplane because the the, the audio balance was different yeah. when I was wearing headphones. Um, one thing I did not like about the ending of the movie is that Mothra seemed to go out like a chump. Um, Mothra like throws itself and gets blown away, and nothing occurs of it. It doesn't delay. It's not a heroic sacrifice throwing itself in front of a beam or anything. It just dies and then kind of disintegrates. Well, moths are very delicate. But they and and I felt like it should have been the thing that like revitalizes. It should have felt like this big sacrifice. Yeah, Yeah, or either a big sacrifice or something that like revived gave Godzilla strength. And there is a little bit of that. They do it very subtly, and I think they should have done more with it. That when his essence sprinkles over Godzilla, that's when Godzilla starts turning red. Is that he's energized him? But the greatest thing that I that happened because of that sound is that when Godzilla is doing his enormous radioactive pulse that is destroying Ghidorah, part of the sound mix every time that that blast goes off is Mothra's cr- uh, scream. Aww. So, so you yeah. can hear Mothra you know when that it blasts yeah, out. It's Mothra's screaming. Yeah, that it Mothra is literally. Is, well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it was, and I, I was like, and then I pointed out to Jen. We watched it again when I got the surround sound set up downstairs, and it was like, there it is. You can yeah. hear it if you listen for it. Yeah. But, All right. Well, that's nice. very cool. I yeah. did not notice that when I yeah. watched it, and I did like that movie. I did too, yeah. but it and that's and it not was yeah. amazing little bit that I, yeah. I missed and I wish that I hadn't. So my top six is again where I buck the system and um, mention Chernobyl. Uh, Chernobyl is a five-part, I believe, series uh, done by HBO talking about the Chernobyl disaster and how it was handled by the Russian government. Um, and it is, well, not a horror movie. Absolutely, abjectly horrible and horror-filled. Um, and it is in at least my top five of things I've ever seen done on television, period. Um, and while I, I know in the future at some point I'm going to give it a rewatch because I've, I've already watched it again through. There is one episode that I, I almost have to entirely skip, uh, involving the animals that lived in the zone, which is really, really hard to watch, but it's handled so well. And it's just another one of this. Uh, I really kind of hold it in that same view of, of Velvet Buzzsaw where everybody in it elevates everything because everybody's every single actor every director the music the everything is everybody's just at the best of what they could possibly be doing uh the writing is fantastic and and where it might um take liberties 
with, you know, the historical. It, it very much feels like it honors what happened and the sacrifices that were done by people to, to do the very best they could under a horrible circumstance. And it is just gutting and horrific. And the, uh, um, the special effects showing the effects of radiation on both people and animals and, and the buildings and the land is, is just so horrible and well done, uh, that it's just, it just stays, it stayed with me. So that was my number six. So off uh, to Jillian. Uh, compared to that, my number six is really, really lighthearted and it's Pet Cemetery is the remake of Pet Cemetery. Oh, that's my number eight. Which I, Which I really I enjoyed. Uh, stylistically, it's beautiful. Stylistically, it's beautiful. I appreciated the changes they made from the original story. I loved the ending. I thought it was sweet. Spoilers. The ending, the happy murder zombie family, you know, that's a that's an idea close to my heart for whatever reason, because I'm a fucked up individual. So, so, yeah, the fact that they kept their family together by making everyone murder as zombies, good, I like that. Spoilers? Yes, spoilers. <laughs> and, Massive you know, spoiler. Murderous little girl. Oh, the Murderous little, little girl, girl. terrifying! I, She's so cute. I really, really liked it, and also, I mean, shout out to the cats who played church because they were fantastic. They were fantastic, and and it was the uh, it is the, uh, <laughs> the whenever they show uh, Allison, what is it, Allison Wonderland? I'm think, trying to think of the other little girl they show, and they go, "I've seen some shit." Yes, those cats, man, they've seen some shit. Yeah, but it was just it was a fun the, movie the, the parade of of children um with their wheelbarrow of their their passed away dog yes and the and the, the creepy masks yeah. and the drum i want that creepy bunny mask so much <sighs> so i had that i make you that mask. it's number four on my list uh-huh. and one of the other things i really liked about it and i think it's an aspect that really helped it was yeah it's based on the stephen king novel yes to remake of a previous film the, the decisions they made to, but we're going to switch it up by not exactly following the source material. Yeah, See if I we can find something that. new and interesting yeah. in it. You know, the, the and I, I hope we're well within spoiler sting territory, the, uh, the choice to switch which child it was that passed, mm-hmm. the decision yeah. to really good cha- change up the ending from, uh, yeah, it, yeah. it was, it was a good, cause, because once that happened, it's one of those things, it, it reminds me of Hush. Mm-hmm. When, you know, you've got, we're in really familiar territory until the killer takes off his mask. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the rules, the rules no longer apply. And I think Pet Cemetery did the same thing. Once yeah. They, they had cha- a bunch of head fakes in Pet Cemetery that you, because you felt that they were going to follow the same storyline. Yeah. And, and, then, like, oh, and then all of a sudden, they way. didn't. And yeah. The I like they that. switch that, okay, we are on untrodden territory. Who knows what's going to happen at this point? And also, I I am a fan of Big Steve's writing for a lot of books, and I think any adaptation of Stephen King's work, any film adaptation, works best when they use the existing novel as a guideline and don't follow it slavishly. Because he's terrible with endings. See, I have a, I have a comment about that for later. <laughs> so, All right. Save it for our podcast. Yeah. I'm talking about books. Anyway, uh, we're at, what, number six? Yes. My number six film is a movie called Crawl, which I really enjoyed. So much fun. So basically, there's these people, and they're idiots, and they don't leave when there's going to be a hurricane. This girl goes to her father's house to try and make sure he's okay, and he has... Gotten trapped in the crawl space. Gotten trapped in the crawl space under the house with a giant alligator. Yeah, water has started pouring in. 
Because the house is flooding because it's hurricane. hurricane. So as the movie goes on, the the uh, danger gets ramped up because at first there's not that much water. So you're dealing with an alligator on land, which is theoretically slower. They're terrifyingly They're terrifyingly fast. They are lizards. But in the movie, you're like, okay, well, they can, if they stay out of the water, maybe they'll be a little, be a little easier. But then the water level keeps rising and keeps rising. And then you find out that there's more than one alligator that has come in the house. And they're trying to get up to the stairs to get up to the kitchen. But the stairs, the alligator has torn the stairs up, so there's no stairs, so they have to wait for the water level to get high enough. And there's a dog, and I'm going to spoil something. Yeah. The dog doesn't die. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm not even going to put in spoiler thing on there, because that's just... That is common courtesy you need to know. That's information that people need to know. (laughs) I know. I was watching the whole thing, and I'm like, that dog is not long for this world. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, the dog survived. Who cares about the people? Shout out to the website, doesthedogdie.com. Thank you. You were doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. It was just so much fun. People being chased around in a small space by a alligator. But sometimes... I mean, like, some people come it's to ridiculous. rescue them, or a boat comes along, and you get to see the alligators attacking the boat yeah. outside of the house. I feel like I should mention this movie to Shannon, to Shannon McGuire, because it seems like something she would really be into. It's, it's real fun. fun. It's short. It's you not should, terribly absolutely. long. It's just a good time. Last, yeah, it's last just night. a good, tight little horror film. Yeah. Yep. Last night, when I was sitting there, and I was kind of going over my list, and Jen heard me say, I am so sorry. As I was doing oh, something, did crawl it was crawl falling off. If oh. crawl gets an honorable yes, mention it. from you, yeah. from me, it was going to get honorable mention from me because it would have been like number eleven. But there was just yeah. it got bumped off the list, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, oh I'm so I sorry." I, I caught it for you. Yep, I only watched it like it's yesterday. So fun. It's fun. So what happened was I realized I'd only watched like six or seven horror movies this year. So the past week, I have been like cramming like a student getting ready for finals week. I'm like, oh, I didn't see this. I didn't see this. Oh, I got to go to Scarecrow and see if they've got this. Yeah. Yeah, there was some... Uh, I made a list of all the movies that I had watched this year, and I was like, well, I'm going to have to make a top ten out of this. And and I did, top ten with a few honorable mentions, but I was like, ah, there's there's movies on this list that I watched that are making it nowhere near my list. I'm looking at you, Escape Room and Child's Play. <laughs> Part of it is I haven't had a job for a while, yeah, so it's less than what you renting think. a lot of the movies I want to watch are available on like Amazon for rent, and yes, the money on it. I don't have yeah. money for it. Yeah. So, Jim, what's your six? Uh, my number six is a movie that is probably going to show up on your list much higher. Uh-huh. Uh, it is The Hole in the Ground. Oh, oh, that's on my list, too. That is higher on my list. It's on mine, too. So I'm going to let okay. you say what you got to say. So and I'm gonna talk The Hole about in the Ground is uh, such a solid piece of filmmaking. It is small. It is intimate. Uh, it is one mother as she uh, is trying to bring up her son and then... He goes out and she finds that there is this huge hole in the backyard and that maybe he fell into it and maybe he didn't, but the, the boy shows up and he's just it's, slightly different. It's, but it's maybe a change. It's maybe a changeling movie. It's maybe a puberty movie. Yeah, it could you be don't, either. You, it's, you don't know. It, yeah, it, you find out later, but... That's a spoiler. I'm not going to get into. Yeah, that's that. That is the the kind of heavy spoilers that we try to avoid. But is it? You, that's the question. Is like, 
Is he going through, you know, the early stages of adolescence? Is he just a, a sort of, you know, some sort of fairy that's uh, taking his place? Yeah. You don't know. And she talks to, to other parents that are in the area where you get to see uh, the guy that played the, the dad in uh, 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 Braveheart. Um, he's a Scottish actor, and I see him in all sorts of things. Um, I think his his name is Angus, but he... Uh, oh, that older actor? Yeah, the yeah. older actor. Oh, he's a delight. Um, and it's just, a, it's a solid piece of filmmaking. It's tense, and uh, and and the fact that it's, you know, it's child-related horror right. will, will, will it, hit people a certain way, it, but also gives you a... I kind of got a little bit of a Babadook vibe mm-hmm. from it, because it's mm-hmm. about a relationship between a mother and a son... Yeah. And there's some sort of trauma in the background of that relationship that you don't necessarily get a clear explanation of. of did she have a nervous breakdown? Was yeah. it a bad divorce? She, they, they really do say that she is she has moved to get away from an abusive husband. Right. Yeah. And That's it's what brought her up. so yeah. beautifully isolated in the small village where they have to drive through what feels like eight billion miles of forest mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. It's somewhere in the UK. And it's, you know, it's full of like strange noises in the house and creepy atmospheric mist and people in the small village. And it's, it's a modern day piece, but there's, you know, the, the prerequisite crazy woman from the village who you don't know if what, you know, her staggering around staring blankly at people is because she's seen some shit or because she's crazy. And yeah, it was number two on my list. And, I and really like really it. Really, it's number two on my list as well. Be, being yeah, a, it's uh, number three. On oh my no, mind. it's number three on my list. Oh, be, three and being a movie, being a movie that uh, you know it's set in the modern day, and yet so much running around in the dark with flashlights. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so number six on my list, totally tense, totally awesome. Okay, which number six? So my number six, uh, probably. I had a certain amount of enjoyment, but I think it is probably going to be one that might generate some some pushback here. Glass. <laughs> Didn't see it. Didn't I see it. it. I watched it on an airplane. Okay. Dark so, so part of the reason I uh, Glass is the culmination of M. Night Shyamalan's comic book trilogy. Uh, so it's the sequel to Unbreakable and Split. And here's the thing. I enjoyed it. I liked that they were doing a bit more explanation into the origins of what's actually going on, uh, which made it a lot more than, oh, insanity is a superpower. Yeah, that's what, that was the takeaway that I got from Split, and I was like, oh man, I wish. Yeah, they, they were going on a much more different, which I won't go too in-depth on what they were actually saying, uh, but part of it was, this isn't the first time this has happened was one of the things in the film. Hmm. Um, so what I was really impressed by, outside of the fact that Samuel L. Jackson's clearly into this character. Samuel L. Jackson is a very good actor. Because he came in, he came in with full, I am ready, I am here, let's do this. Um, the, the, there were little details like the fact that the little boy who played Bruce Willis's son in Unbreakable who's been acting, he mm-hmm. kept acting. They got him back. Mm-hmm. He's oh, still nice. playing the same character as an adult. Um, it was just, there were nice little details, and for once, the quote-unquote Shyamalan twist wasn't a tw- it was earned. It wasn't so much a twist as, oh, he foreshadowed something that came to fruition, and when you realize you go, 
that's that's good to hear. But I mean, his, it's so shallow in film, and it's still some of his movies are good, and sometimes I get so tired of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I some watched... of his movies are terrible. Lady in the Water. You know <laughs> who I'm talking about? Yeah. So I went to it mostly in. All right, I really want to. If nothing else, I want to close out this story because mm-hmm. I've come this far, um, and. Everyone, you know, no one was half-assing it, and it is a great cast. I mean, Anna Joy Taylor was back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, a really good performance by Sarah Paulson uh, as a, a person running the mental hospital where everyone's been locked up, and it's, you know, it worked well. Now, is it the greatest film ever? No, no, and it, it's but. It was enough to say, all right, I see where you were going with the story. Well done. And now we're done. (laughs) I watched it on the plane flight back from Disneyland uh, with Dark Phoenix, or as I like to call it, James McAvoy makes bad decisions. Um, uh, And Glass, I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed probably a good 90% of that film. But I think the last 10 minutes of it or so were such god awful garbage for me that it, it like offended me. Yes, they earn the twist, but what they do with that twist was so hackneyed and overdone in every single movie. It was like, really? This is what, this is what we're going with? Did, was this film made by committee? Did somebody say, oh, what, what, what's the most hackneyed, uh, cliche film ending that we could do with this? Here it is. Oh, awesome. That will be my real twist is that I can't write an ending. Uh, it just, it was so bad for me. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, like I said, the twist was earned, but yeah, there were, how they got there was a, was a rough road. Yeah. The, 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 the rest of the movie, like everything up and it, it's no spoiler because it's in the trailers that they all, they have a big throw down superhero fight at the end of the movie. I liked the throwdown superhero fight, even at that small scale of, of the film. It's what they do at the end of that fight that just was like, oh, go screw yourself. So that's that, but yeah. So okay. I'm going to go on to my number five, which is Tigers Are Not Afraid. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen oh that yet. Oh my God, I, I love to. that movie and I forgot it's not even on my list. So Tigers well, Are Not Afraid is uh, set in Mexico and it is pretty much the story of... <sighs> Children who are kind of left to suffer um, for the fact that crime and drug use and gangs have utterly taken over the area that they are in, that, that right. their lives They're- are ruled by by the violence and a war that's right, going on around the them. Drug cartels have like it, the one one of the characters, the drug cartels have murdered her family. Yep. And she's just this, she's the main character. All, all of the kids girl. in there are and basically all these alone because they've been orphaned. Are orphans that live on the street. Trying to take of care of themselves. Yeah. Trying to take care of each other. And I really love that. It is, it is just gorgeously done. It, it is, again, you know, apparently dark fairy tale is kind of my jam. Um, the, um, fantasy aspects of it are wonderful and heartbreaking. Um, uh, the going from uh, vaguely spoilery, but not uh, the change of the 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 tiger stuffy that the little boy has through the course of the movie is gorgeous and beautiful, right. and it becomes like a little person almost. Yeah, it's, it's 
Yeah. And it's, the peril that, that the kids and the people are in is just... It, it's, it's, it, it never stops. very real. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but it's it's heartbreaking. It is not an easy watch by any means, but it's so... I thought it was so... an easy watch because I'm <laughs> ardent and jaded. <laughs> but it's, it's just so gorgeous and wonderfully well done. So. I just didn't get a chance to watch yep. it before we recorded. Yeah. It will, you'll be one of those next year where you're like, would have been on my list. Oh, yeah. If I'd oh, have yeah. seen it, you know. So it, uh, what is your number five? It, no, it was it was amazing. And I'm going to make an apology here because it, it the, the list that I was going off of it, that I just immediately that I, I generated my list from didn't have it on there for some reason. Yep. And, and I mm-hmm. spaced on it. But this is so what it I'm should be 3.5 on yeah. my list. Because but that is what I'm talking about. Is that there is so much out there right yeah. now that you will see people's lists that there's stuff that just doesn't need to exist because it's so hard, like, especially with the stuff that's releasing on Hulu. Well, there's stuff that gets dropped on Netflix and Hulu that there's no, there's like no fanfare. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no announcement. And it's stuff like uh, uh, Rabid, I think, which is the Soska sisters did a version, I, be- I believe, of Rabid. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they a remake the, of the Cronenberg film? Yeah, yeah. And oh, it, 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 why do they do anything? Um, but there's, you know, people have been waiting for these things to get a release and then it just gets dropped with no notice whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, but you're five. Us. Oh, oh yeah. It is, it is I, higher on my list. I, mind you, it's my three. It would have been higher on my list, but when I started thinking about it again, it has great characters. It has great set pieces and great atmosphere. And the more I thought about it, the more the plot fell apart. Okay. So, but... I'm going to talk about it more when I come to it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it later then. <laughs> All right. Oh, what's your five, Rise? Um, my five was Tigers Are Not Afraid. What did you have to say about Rise? About- I pretty much said it when I was talking to you. Okay. <laughs> We've discussed the movie, so we can just move on. All right. I'm kind of saving my stuff that I have at a higher. I'm I'm kind of not inputting much right. when the discussion is going on to kind of talk about I, my take on it. Like I said, yeah. now I'm just kicking myself because that would have been like it's really like high on your list. Three point five on my list because it would have bumped Doctor Sleep off and knocked everything down. That's from okay. That down because it was I, such a good freaking movie that that and and beautiful and and heartbreaking and yeah it's just it's a, a lot of tears. wonderful dark <laughs> fairy tale it's like it's it's honestly a and i'm gonna this is a weird thing kind of to say but it's a less dark pan's labyrinth in a lot of ways it really is yeah. whereas i can it is. you're right i can totally yeah. see that there are horror stories that are told through the eyes of children mm-hmm. yeah um and that's a whole thing unto itself yes a whole genre unto itself but but yeah i I totally agree with that. So my number five, uh, I don't have a lot to say about, but it was just, it was fun. It was, it was, uh, there was a lot of really good choices that they made. It's my second Stephen King on here. It's It Chapter 2. Um, it Chapter 2 hits number five. It was, I just, I really enjoyed it. They did a, a lot of really good Mm-hmm. Changes in it, just like yes, they did. They Pet did. Cemetery, yes, like, they did. Alterations. I appreciated the changes. I haven't they made. seen it yet, so please don't yeah. spoil it um, for me. The only thing that, that don't and spoil it's not, it for it's, me. It's, yeah, it's not going to spoil necessarily anything because, but I'm just going to say, somebody really, really wanted to redeem Stan Uris. Yeah, they which did, which offended me because he is his the, the his his death in that movie is very human. It's a very human yeah. response. And yes. Making it 
what it, what they made it in the, the, movie. In the film was was it, it cheapened it for me. I think that but, one, it chapter two, is my number four actually. And again, I watched it yesterday, and I was really pleased with the narrative changes they made, and. But possibly my favorite piece of it was the ongoing meta joke of, yeah, but you suck at endings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time that got uttered, I cracked up. And then as it progressed through the movie to the writer character, I just, I completely lost yeah. it every yeah. time. It's it's not really a spoiler to say that they don't have a psychic showdown where they bite each other's tongues and tell each other jokes until right. they kick the crap out of a bunch of eggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody wants to see that. It's way better than that and actually has a good, solid ending for where the story, for the for what the story was trying to say for the rest of the movie. Yes. Also, and again, just like <laughs> does the dogdie.com, is there a uh, preteen gangbang.com? And the answer to that is no. No, they, no, they there's took not. That they just fueled that nightmare out. out of the movie. Yeah. All right. So good on them. Kind of had to. Well, okay, I have not seen either of the It movies. Mm-hmm. Just haven't had a chance. Um, although what I've been hearing is that at this point, Bill Hader is just one, one or two more roles away from, from Megasternum. Yeah, I yeah, love Bill Hader. He's really good. So what is your five? My five is Happy Death Day to You. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that part of it, it was on the enjoyment factor, like mm-hmm. like Jim was saying earlier. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was an, a really good build on the first movie uh, without, and managing to avoid, I mean, yes, it kind of explained, okay, why is this happening? Well, now we know why it's happening. But the important thing is they decided to, let's have fun with this and skew the original premise just enough that, uh, you know, again, it's the, we don't know where we're going to go. They've, they've changed the rules. we got to refigure out everything. Uh, but mostly, yeah, it was just, it was enjoyable. This is, I, I'm, it is an example of why I'm actually really appreciative right now of Blumhouse overall uh, as a production company because, because they have the philosophy of we're going to take chance on small creators they come to us with a halfway decent script that can be made on a small budget. We're at least going to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And so, and this one, yeah, I just, it, it was purely, I enjoyed it. It I, was a lot of fun. I give them less uh, uh, accolades. Uh, Blumhouse has a certain amount of money that they are willing to spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything bigger than that is going to have to go to someone else. Um, so they are very willing to put out movies by people who are willing to work for an awful lot less than they're going to get from any other studio. Uh, they fill a niche within horror that we've always had. There's always been Full Moon. There has always been, um, Blue Underground. There have always been, uh, horror movie production companies, um, uh, what's, uh, Fessidens out in New York. Oh, I thought you meant the Roger Corman's. Yeah, well, they're always, they've always been horror movie companies. That um, are going to be out there. They're doing it for a little bit less than other companies are doing it for. But but they are. They are a path to putting a movie out mm-hmm. that m- wouldn't exist with a larger studio. Right. So well, we have to have those because that's where where are we going to get those gems from if these uh, studios right. didn't exist? Right. Yeah. Trauma, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, We've always people always them. say, "Oh, Trauma does uh, Trauma does a certain kind of film," but also. 
they're the people that brought the rights to my neighbor Totoro that got it in this country. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, they. I, I just give them less, like, yeah. I give Blumhouse less accolades of, like, being this bastion of, of like, they're in there for the little guy. They're, they're in there to make money. Sure. But <laughs> no, fil- no one, no film studio anywhere is Isn't in it for the, the little, little guy. guy. Yeah. They're in it to make money, but also they're giving people more, they're giving people who maybe are never going to get a multi-million dollar film yeah. financed a voice and a way to make that film. And to yes. be a step to, like, a, a, yeah. 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 Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, that's, again, and, and that's exactly, I, yeah, I agree. They're not, you know, they're not the champion of the little guy. No. But, again, it's exactly what Bryce said. Yeah. They're giving a chance for these voices right. to yeah. at least get a chance to say, hi, I'm here. And every once in a while, yeah. you're going to get something good. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, Chroma yeah. gave us James Gunn, for example. Yeah. And, and, you know, Bloom gave Jordan Peele a chance with Get Out. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the cream will, if the cream is there and gets a chance to rise to the top, exactly. then they've done their job. They really mm-hmm. have. Um, happy Death Day to you is going to get an honorable mention for me. So I'll just briefly <laughs> say it, it is, I think it's, it's absolutely fun, just like the first one was, because I loved the first one. I think Happy Death Day to you is all, is the perfect sequel in a lot of ways because you, it doesn't, it, for, for me, because it doesn't talk about, like, it doesn't give you the exposition about what, oh, and then this thing happened in the first movie. It doesn't tell you that. It just it throws you in and I, goes from there. I, I prefer that. And so it, you have to have watched the first movie to get the most out of the second one. It's true. And the second one is a love letter to the first one. Yeah. I just wish that the plot was a little more put together. There's yeah. there's stuff that falls out. It's just like, wait a minute. They were that, kind of madly throwing thread, stuff at the wall. Yeah. And, and the, a the lot of it The core of the movie with... is good. Yeah. But there's like elements, there's plot threads that they kind of dangle out at the beginning or over there. And they're just like, yeah, and nobody cares. Just don't worry about it. Just keep going. But the core of that movie is so much fun. And everybody's having such a good time. Yeah. yeah. Number four, I believe. <sighs> yes. Um, my number four... <laughs> has quite the fucking story behind it at this point. Pardon me. Was that French? <laughs> we couldn't Still tell when the she... subtitles. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fuck me. Me. <laughs> uh, is the new Black Christmas by Sophia Tikal. Wow. So we went and saw it. It was a, an absolute ton of fun. Um, and what I'm going to say is anybody who presumes that the... the, the Toxic fanboys out there fucking hate this movie. They they hate Sophia Takal. They hate the movie. They hate us mentioning. They yeah, Wolf who uh, was the co-writer on that. Um, They hate that they use the name uh, Black Christmas. They uh, I have seen how it has um, it is ruining horror. It is actually a step back for the Me Too movement. Um, I. As I am watching post after post on a, a fan community, which was in the day, uh, more geared towards positive. Uh, but it's gotten so big now that you get talks to people. And, and the thing is, one of even the moderators said, you can talk about what you don't like about Black Christmas without being an absolute misogynist about it. I made a post on that uh, site saying, like Wonder Woman, um, Black Christmas is written by women directed by a woman about a woman's story in a horror movie. Uh, it absolutely has no male gaze. If you are a woman or female presenting who likes horror, 
this might be a movie you really enjoy. Don't listen to the naysayers and give it a shot and go out there and see it. Because the thing is, I think at that point there were seven to 15 posts talking about what a piece of shit the movie was. Don't go see it. Don't see it opening weekend. Don't give it a shot. Don't give it a chance. It's a piece of shit. Um, it is ruining horror. It is shitting on the original film. Um, within, within 30 minutes, I had around 80 comments, all of them insulting the film. Um, the only comment I reported was a guy who said, this movie is anti-white, anti-men. Um, you are a piece of shit and a bitch for even, um, recommending it to other people. Um, and I read the comments and I shouldn't have. Um, and over the course of the next 24 hours, it got up to nearly 200 comments. Now, what I will say is there are people who eventually started, because the thing is, is like, you're seeing this blow up. I'm sure a lot of people were like, don't read the fucking comments, don't go there. Um, but there were people that are like, you know what, that's not the case, or you're just insulting it, you know, this is, you know, and, but it was, you know, so at the end of opening weekend, Sophia Tikal, who is the director, took a break. She goes, I'm taking a break from Twitter. I just know how anxious having that post up on Shockwave's fan community made me for the 24 hours where I just kept getting notifications of of men popping in telling me how fucking wrong I was and how shitty this movie was and how dare I support it. Like, I know how anxious that made me. And I can't imagine what Sophia Tikal faced in that yeah. first weekend trying to find things to share about people talking about her film. Oh, I got doxxed last week. Oh, Jesus Christ. But they got all the information wrong. No oh, good. They were like, uh, yeah, I, someone disagreed with me and threatened to call my employer. Oh. <laughs> and they're like posted where I worked and everything yeah. publicly. And I was like, I haven't worked there for two years, so. But thanks anyhow. But, and also my employer would support me. But I yes. didn't say that. I just said, hey. Yep. I, I have not yet more. seen Black Christmas. Is, I want to. It is a blast. And it is a I really great want to see it. I topical, just haven't been able to. Yeah. It is a great topical take on, and the thing is, is anybody who sits there and holds up and says we're shitting on the original movie doesn't fucking remember the original Black Christmas. Yeah, the Black original Christmas. movie is about a woman whose boyfriend goes on a murder spree because she gets an abortion. Yes, and, and it's explaining how you might want to have this child. But I don't want to have this child, and I have a plan for my life, and I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm in college. I'm moving my life along. I can't have a child right now. And he's like, but baby. Yes. So it is feminist, and it was very progressive for its time in pretending th that this new version of this movie, and it changes it just enough. And I'm sorry, Black Christmas is a movie about murders happening in a sorority house <coughs> over Christmas time. And so, yes, it did a slightly different take on that, but in the end, it's still the story yeah. of Black Christmas. And it's well acted. Um, I am going to see anything that Imogene puts puts out because her name is Imogene Putz. And right. that's fucking adorable, and I'm going to support her. Uh, she was also in Green Room um, and has been in a bunch of other things. And But the thing is... It was well done. It was funny. It was scary. It was everything that you want a horror movie to be and being political and being thoughtfully done. 
glorious head fakes in it too. Yes, it was just in and a couple of just beautiful homages to the first movie that the people who've seen and loved the first movie are going to be like, oh, that's for us. That was fucking awesome. So I wonder if a lot of the, the toxic fanboys who are railing against the movie don't remember the actual structure of the movie, yeah. but just remember all the kill scenes of, yes. of women getting killed. Yes. Because that's a, a thing where you get yeah. some of these guys in horror fandom who it is, that is all what they focus on yeah. the for their the favorite story, horror movies. The story is simply the cake and the murders are the frosting. The faces of death people and yeah. that sort of stuff. All right. So there is my screaming from the soapbox. And boy, that was a really shitty experience, even just supporting a film um, of Black Christmas. Uh, So uh, what is your number four? My number four was It Chapter Two. All right. Did you have anything else to say about It Chapter Two? Um, I think it is desensitizing me. These movies have helped desensitize me to clowns and my clown phobia. Uh, I was able much more this time to appreciate... Skarsgård's performance yeah. as Pennywise He's really good with, yeah. without a complete like backing into the couch sense of dread. Yeah. Um, the it's o- crazy seeing video of him and realizing how little of that. There was a lot of CGI in this, but how little of it is his face. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the uh, thing, the picture of Bill Hader? Yes. Oh, where he did, where he's like, yeah, where, yeah, the Bill Hader thing, where he's like, so are they CGing your eyes so they go in a different direction, and he just does, does it, it at and him, you and see he's like, him hop back and forth, yeah, because he can make his eyes move in different. Directions. One of the things that I wanna, I wanted to mention about it, chapter two, is when the teaser trailer first dropped for it, and it was. The, it did what a teaser trailer needs to do and be very creepy and very atmospheric and get you interested. But whoever their sound designer was who did the loop of the creepy clown doll laughing over and over and hitting a specific note and then restarting, that stayed in my head for like four days. So props to you, mysterious sound designer. You did your job excellently. I was in an elevator with Jillian and Pennywise. Oh, God. And she handled it really well. And she handled it very well, and nobody got... (laughs) That woman's costume was amazing, but the fact that you two immediately closed ranks in front of me to make sure I was not going to freak out (laughs) was was very helpful. That is the sign of true friendship. It is, and love, yes. Rias, what's your number four? My number four is Dr. Sleep, which we talked about before. I felt like Acts 1 and 2 of that movie were great. Um, I know that they really wanted us to know it was a sequel to The Shining, but I didn't feel like going back to The Overlook was necessary in some ways to the plot. Um, I think that they could have done that... I think they could have done that differently, and it would have been even better. However, the villains in that movie are amazing. It's hat? Those Oof. weird... They're like some kind of psychic vampire cult. I really like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reminded me a lot of the vampires in Near Dark because of the way that they were all caravanning around in their creepy yeah. trailers. Um, so yeah, I really liked that element of it. The little girl that was in it that had The Shining, is her performance was so great, and her character, I just love that character. I, one of my most impressed moments was when the little girl is in the backseat of the car and she is portraying uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. And she is just 
it's to a T. It's wonderful. Like you see the quality of the actors that you've got, even as a small child, as she's like literally being someone else in in that scene. And I thought it was amazing. It's really good. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if anyone pretends to wants to be pretend to be Ewan McGregor in the back seat, seat of my car, your mind's please going don't be else. a little girl. <laughs> please. <laughs> We're talking Velvet Goldmine, uh, Ewan yeah. McGregor. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Just be Ewan McGregor. In the backseat back of your car. For Rias. Yes. Yeah. All right, Jim, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is the uh, another second. It is the second Conjureverse movie. It is Annabelle Comes Home. Annabelle Comes Home is another delightful film. It is scary. It, much like Happy Death Day to You, is a movie where you kind of need to have watched yeah. at least The Conjuring. But if you've watched The Conjuring 2, that adds into it. No. Because it's set inside It's set the in home their house with of, their collection of, of uh, creepy stuff. And the yeah. Annabelle doll gets out and activates all the other haunted items. Yes. I absolutely want to see that. We It is going to be the very first uh, mm-hmm. horror movie Friday show. Okay. Because yes. it's oh, Annabelle yeah. Comes Home. Because it's Annabelle Comes Home. To our house. house. So, but the thing is, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. But Go it's, ahead. it's, it's, uh, it, 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 when you've seen those other movies, it informs it just as a sequel because you're like, oh my God, I know what's in that room. Oh my God, I know what's over there. And then, uh, the, 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 the it's, it's tense, it's scary, there's a lot of great imagery that's in it. Mm-hmm. And it plays into the trope. Of stupid teenagers, stupid teenagers doing stupid except things. Except that these stupid teenagers that are doing stupid things are, are so actually, understandable. Yeah, they are they well-rounded, relatable characters. Once you understand what where they, where yes. they come from, yeah, they're when, not. You don't hate these teenagers for making their stupid choices because you really are set up, having watched the trailer for it, to go, "Oh, you're fucking stupid. You all deserve to die." You really understand the the pathos behind why they're making the decisions that they are, mm-hmm. and they're all like. And the creepy moments in that, it's not on my list, mm-hmm. but it's not because I didn't really enjoy it. Plus, as a werewolf. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ed, Ed and Lorraine did write that werewolf book that was so ridiculous. Oh, God. Oh. So, Jeff, what's your four? So, a little bit of a switch up. Okay. It's not a movie. Okay. It is a TV show. Okay. It is The Haunting of Hill House. Boy, that's fucking wonderful. Mm-hmm. That came out last year. Well, there you go. So, yeah. But we're still counting it because it came out late last year. Yeah, but here's the thing: what did it come out? Was it a 2018 show? It was. Yeah, it was 2018. Because I wanted to, I looked it up this morning. Yeah, that's I really why I didn't have it on my list. It. Okay. Well. But no, conclude it because it is really good. Yeah, and it's it still really available good. to people. Yeah, it's well. And again, you it's can say honorable mention of something from last year. Again, with Netflix, sometimes you don't get to them. Yeah, and I don't think, yeah. I, and I didn't get to it. I think most of you had already finished it by the time I finally sat down to watch it. I'm I still haven't watched it. it. I'm going to rewatch it because I'm really excited about it. Well, and then we've got the. I, I, I like the kind of idea of oh, we're going to do a, a follow up, but it's not going to be. Yeah, we, we I love that they're doing story. the turn of the screw next. It's, yeah, and it's to me. There's also kind of a combination, a culmination. I, I think if if when we if we get around to doing a best of the decade. We're going to have we to are, we and are. it's going to yeah. be in a month. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so we can kind the of The next one is going to be... It. Yeah. Because we're going to have to talk about Mike Flanagan. Yeah. At that point, 
because yeah. if, if there was a horror creator that really came into his own this decade, it was Mike Flanagan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the next episode I want us to do is going to be our overflow list on the movies that made us because we had so many movies that we were fighting for. And I, I just want to give Rise and I the opportunity to have like a really fun episode where we talk about loving cinema. Fair the enough. next episode after that is going to be the des- best of the decade. There, right. Or I'm going to bring everybody together right. again. Yay. All right. So... Honorable mention from Jeff. Yeah, so well, because my real number four was Pet Cemetery, but we already talked about that. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go with my number three, which is Hole in the Ground, which has been really covered by everyone else, but I didn't really chime in too much. Um, I really, I, I guess I really like enclosed horror, um, horror in a home, and things that talk about one of the things that. Uh, a majority of the stuff that I'm talking about on my top 10 list is women directors. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about in my uh, horror list is women's stories. This is Lee Cronin, um, not, it's a man. Um, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> I should be certain of that. Um, but it is. It's a, uh, the, the, there are so many times where, horror is put up of something is happening to a woman or a child and people just don't believe them. Yeah. And, and how frustrating and how, well, what about that man's experience? Like, you know, like, you know, I, we can't trust what that woman's saying. He's we a can't promising trust young man. His I whole know. career is ruined because he raped that woman. Yes. How sad. How, what, but what about him? And so having these stories where you're talking about women suffering these things, of of whether or not they they stop trusting themselves. Yes, and and it's like, do you know your child? And the fact that, very honestly, she tries to move on, but yet at the end, she is still kind of watching yep. and being careful. Um, and and anything that brings in mirror horror to me, oh yeah, is, yeah. I just yeah, there's some fucking love it about so much. And, uh, the, the older actors, um, just the deaths, which I'm not typically a death person, but how they kill these people is like the worst thing on the planet. Um, I think, I think what, you know, what you're talking about, about the, the women or the children not being, starting to doubt what they're experiencing. It is that kind of subgenre of, of any horror, ex- horror, genre thing for a woman and it carries over into women's real lives of have I become the unreliable narrator of my own experience? Yes. Am I yeah. overreacting? Did I remember that correctly? Am I just being a bitch? Am I not right, giving someone the benefit of the doubt? sometimes we do gaslight ourselves. Yep. Ooh, and, oh, and that's because the world gaslights us. Yes. And, and being a mother is <laughs> it's so... Gaslit by reality. <laughs> motherhood is so segregating from the rest of the world and there's an expectation for women that that is fulfilling enough. Is fulfilling enough, and you don't need other people, and you don't need to, uh, like, you know, and, and damn you if you need anything else, and, and, and are not utterly fulfilled by this. Oh, it just, God, this story just, it scared me, and it, and it kept me scared after it ended, and, and it's just atmospheric, and, and that anything where they're fucking running through the woods, man, and are going through, like, dark tunnels by themselves, and tree roots, and, and scariness, and it's dark outside, and it's just fucking scary, and I'm just for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, what's your number three? The hole in the ground. Oh! So there we go. Yeah. There we go. Want to bring up anything else on that? 
Uh, thank you to those of you who kept your eyes on the screen during the spider scene and let me know when I could look at the screen again. There you go. You're welcome. I appreciate Fair that. Enough. Rise, your three. My number three is In the Tall Grass. We just watched that. I really liked that movie. That was... Okay, I really like horror movie that deals... Horror films, and films in general, that deal with weird liminal spaces. Like, there's a movie, Triangle, where these people oh. are on a ship, and it gets weirder and weirder, and it's maybe... I keep talking about showing that I movie. love Triangle, and I really loved In the Tall Grass, because you think you know what's happening at the beginning. Until you don't. And then suddenly, oh, wait, there's some kind of a thing here. This has happened before. Yeah. So what you're saying is, when I eventually watch it, I'm going to have to pregame heavily with anti-anxiety meds. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It, it, it anxietyed me up. This, and I this loved scene it. scene that I that I really fucking loved is as soon as you lose as soon as you lose visual sight of someone, you can't trust anything anymore. And mm-hmm. there is a scene where a brother and sister are out in this tall grass, and he's like, "I've got to try and find you. We're gonna jump up and see if we can see each other." And they jump up, and they're not terribly far from each other. But they never find each other. They still can't find each other. But they jump up again a moment later, and all of a sudden they're a football field apart. Literally within mm-hmm. the span of a yes. moment or two. I loved that. And that was so such, much. It's just I, so disturbing. Yes. I love that feeling when you're watching something and you feel your middle fall out a little bit because and it just like, oh, gets crap. you. That, oh, crap. Yeah, that movie did that to me several times. I'm getting times. like goosebumps talking about it. Something and, on my list. Yeah, I... I only watched it like a week ago, Mm -hmm. and it really has stuck with me because I remember when I was a kid, we had field. well, I was very small (laughs) when I was a child, but there were fields of grass we played in that were like that, where you could not see because the grass was over your head, and you'd build, like, we made trails and little forts in it and stuff, so that was part of my experience was knowing, oh, yeah. I guess you could get lost in that. Also, I love the fact that the whole thing took place in a tall field of grass because what a great way to save on your production budget. Right. So I will tell you when Pete is going out of town. And I will not show it then. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you. it's it's got some crazy stuff with shortcuts and dimensional weirdness. Have you read the short story by... By Joe Hill and Stephen King. No. That, that's based off of. I Joe, Joe Hill put out a, a, a book of short the short stories, and the we, we were watching. It was it. troubling to you because you had just read it, and you'd read it so recently that yes. you knew the story and, really well. And I, the the story, um, basically, like if you take the first oh, twenty minutes or so, mm-hmm. is is basically almost the entire story. Is like they, where they go into the tall grass, they get lost, and they the find other happens. people, and then there's the. There's the things in the center and all that stuff, and that's basically the end of it. Uh-huh. But I did really enjoy the the part where cause and effect no longer really applied. Yeah, there was. Oh there, yeah, there is cause. There is cause and effect, but then you can alter that in a. In, in, it's like, there's you like can approach it again. Time, time you can go lines, back. There's weird time things. loops. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's, I, it's, I is this really gonna fuck to me up like it. the endless did? Oh yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. It yes. reminded me a little of the endless it's, in that way. It didn't way. make my list, but it's solid. Yeah. It is. So I really liked it. It's one of my favorite films this year. What is your three, Jim? My number three is Black Christmas. Mm. Uh, what Jen said before, you know, it's it's it, it is a it's a wonderful, fun movie. There's there's head fakes. There's there's jump scares. There's you know there's just 
horror. Um, Jen went to the bathroom during possibly the most action-packed, like, three minutes of the film. Like, she walked out because it didn't look like anything was happening. And then it's like a shoe dropped. And then all of a sudden, action everywhere. And she comes in, she's like, at the end of the movie, she's like, so what happened in those two minutes? I'm like, well, but it's, it, it, and I told her this at the end of it. And this, I'm going to read a little, just a little bit of my, my review that I wrote for it. Excellent. Because... Uh, I told Jen there was a couple of things that I personally would have changed to make, like, to, to subvert the narrative uh, of it a little bit. But while I might have some quibbles about minor narrative choices, uh, I fully recognize that this movie is for women what a movie of Optimus Prime and some X-Wings fighting Terminators and Predators for two hours would be for me. This is a... <laughs> this is a... a, a the, those Those minor quibbles that I had are like wish fulfillment for, I, for women. At the end of that movie, I shrieked and threw my arms in the air because I was like, yes. Um, I almost, I forgot to mention this because I was so impassionately talking about, about the movie. A tweet that literally only came up in my feed today from, that was uh, shared by April Wolf, who was the co-writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody tweeted to her, Hi, is this IMDb trivia true? And I've gone to IMDb and it has been altered since. Okay. Uh, the sorority house cat is named Claudette, which is a reference to Black Christmas 1974. Having a cat named Claude. According to the director, Sophia Tacall, the name change occurred during production. A male cat had already been obtained for the role, but in the decision to change the cat's name, the male cat was sent to an animal shelter and a female cat was substituted. The That's fate, bullshit. The fate of the male cat is unknown. That is to not which, true. You hire an which, actor cat. Yes. You don't just go to the shelter and pluck to a cat which out. April said, totally normal to make up that Sophia sacrificed a male cat to her feminine whims on set. Seriously. But yeah. this is how hated this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think my face is stuck like this. I know. I'm like, she hates know. men so much that she hates male cats too. I just no. What I'm stuck on is, and the cat went to an animal shelter. I'm like, no. If you are doing a movie and you have a cat in it, you are paying for a cat that can be that is trained. You're not just plucking some cat out of the street, Acting. giving it a Benadryl, <laughs> giving it a Benadryl. Do you see the cat today? You're going to be paying playing a female cat, and the cat will look at you and say, "Acting." Yes. Wow. <laughs> Wow. You, okay. Movies hire trained <laughs> animals. Yeah, it's. It, it, Can that, you imagine yeah. if Bianca were on a movie set? Oh no! The King. <laughs> yeah, the the that's the yeah, level yeah, of hate yeah, for yeah. this movie. Yeah, though, that they they're yeah, gonna so. make shit up that doesn't even yeah. make sense for like how Hollywood works. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. It, like it, it's pure wish fulfillment. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, there is a there is a song in the movie. Where I was like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, that song, yeah. And then we got to the end, and the credits for that song said that one of the co-writers for it was Ricky Lindholm, who is... Oh, my God, one, one half of the... Uh, she's an actress, but she's also one half of the uh, musical comedy duo Garfunkel and Oates. Oh. And went, oh. Oh, that makes a lot of I was sense. Like, oh, that's why that song was kind of like I was feeling it, and I really understood it. That is totally a Garfunkel and Oates song. Yeah, yeah she is. I was so excited. Out. I was like, that is Ricky Lindholm. She doesn't have like a big speaking part. She's not nope. a major character. But, but it's Ricky Lindholm, has, and I was so excited. The moments that she has. Yeah, she's, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what is your number three? I was going to say, Ricky has to do something while while Kate's busy doing DuckTales. Um, my number three is Escape Room. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> and I know I'm kind of in that, and that, that wasn't for everyone. I think part of why I really enjoyed it, it's, I mean, it's basically saw light. Uh, it, it's, it's saw with a lot less torture. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what I was getting into is I was enjoying the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of, okay. I it really, was set up to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I love some of the, I mean, uh, Carrie Ann Wall and, uh, Tyler, I'm always going to pronounce his last name, Levine, Levine, uh, are, are two actors I've followed for years and mm-hmm. I loved both of their performances on movie. And so I was, it was kind of fulfilling what to me is the first rule of horror. Do I care about the characters? And I did care about the characters. I felt there were uh, a lot of plot weakness in it, uh, but, I was willing to overlook that because of how engaged I was. So that's why it's my number three. Yeah. I I know a lot of people had a lot of fun watching it. And some really nice set pieces in there. Yeah. The the set design, like, of of, of the traps, yeah, Yeah. was really, really good. It just never really came together. The, like, upside down room, Mm -hmm. like, that was just wonderfully done. And, like, the peril is, yeah. And, yeah, the characters were, were very good. Like, it just didn't. Didn't click for me. Yeah. Didn't come together. And I really just liked the ending. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some movies that can kind of trip that ending a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I loved all except for the last two minutes. But some of them just like, sometimes it rolls back. Yeah. Even what enjoyment I did have. And it, you know, who knows what the rhyme or reason is for that. Because my brain is a messy place. But I, <laughs> I totally understand why, you you know, you, you like that because it did come together for you. And I'm, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's more I'm, joy in your life than mine. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> what are you saying, Jim? <laughs> we'll talk after the podcast. <laughs> so my number two is... Hey, not, wait, I gotta say, not not for nothing, but my wife is in the room. She's just not talking. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she is the joy. Uh, my number two is Us. And I have watched it, I think, three times. Uh, the, you know, and I, I keep... My number one is us, so we are, and I know that my number two is your number one. One, yeah. So we might as well just talk about this movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, when you, when you talk about a movie staying with you after the fact, um, I love, I love the overarching, like the bigger story. Uh, and, and I, I don't care if it's sensical, you know? I, I usually don't. There was just something it, about it where I'm just, like, it just didn't hold it together for me. Yeah. Um, I, I Oh, um, I will say that, uh, uh, I wish, I wish every single actor in that movie was given so many more accolades for their characterizations of both ends of yes. those characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because the son is fantastic. The daughter, the evil daughter is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lupita's characterization yeah. of both of them. And, oh my God, the dad. Oh, bless his well, heart. He's the daddiest well, dad Winston of Duke. Is just, we love Winston Duke. I, I, I yeah, love yeah, I, you do. I Duke. I felt called out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the the like hey scene in bed that is completely a gym move. Like <laughs> hey, but uh, the the overarching the 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 beginning the the opening scene of that movie yeah. is where you're seeing this little girl wander off on this. On uh-huh. said is, and it's got a Lost Boys reference in it, which yeah, I love. They're filming Ooh. over on the boardwalk. <laughs> I'm like, what were they filming on the boardwalk? Oh my god, it's Lost Boys! <laughs> but it's it's 
it's so good. And and uh, what I a, a wonderful compliment I had heard about Jordan Peele is, you know, in a sense this isn't true, but we are seeing perhaps our generation's carpenter and oh. his beginnings. And, and what I, I am very so. thankful, what I am very thankful and, and hopeful is that he will be uh, treated better. But, I, you know, uh, but in a way, he's not. I'm because, very excited to see Lovecraft Country. Yeah. yeah. That is an amazing book. I loved yeah. it. And the thing is, is for all the people that are going and loving his films, there is a whole subset of the horror that is like, oh, it's completely overrated. And, you, you know, well, you only want to accuse me of being racist for not liking it. Um, and, you know, and that is one of the things that, not the racism aspect, you but... You can not like a film and not be a racist. But you can be racist when you're saying why you don't like it. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that is, you know, there, there, there are a lot of ways in which Carpenter was screwed because, you know, his movies were so forward thinking that they missed the mark at the time and were held up as classics later. Right. Um... I want you to have an opportunity to talk about what you liked about us. Well, I know that Julie's like, well, yeah, the story doesn't get me. For me, I saw the entire, I saw it a few times. The first time I just really liked it. The second time I got much more in touch with what it was, with the metaphor. Yeah. That it is a film about class warfare and how. Yeah. And I really feel like that is a topic that is very very important right now because we are so close to that. We are yeah. at such a tipping point with people who are billionaires and people who live in the streets. Yes. Yeah. And there being very little space between them. Yeah. And and we're seeing violence in sight. I mean, oh, yeah. people are only now starting to talk about because there was another uh there was another attack on a rabbi's home last night. Oh um, yeah. And which is obviously racially and and anti-Semitically motivated. Mm -hmm. But what people aren't talking about is the fact that I have been watching these anti-Semitic attacks happening for the last month and a half. Right. Yeah. uh, In New York. And it's just, uh, yeah, actually like the last two months, there's, there's been attacks like every three or four days. Yeah. And they're just getting bigger and bigger. And there are so many, there's a shooting in a Texan church. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, Mm -hmm. More and more violence yeah. is starting to happen because we because are kind of a powder keg right now. Because the people in power are fomenting it. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. And because there is such a huge class Rift. divide. There just, is. Yeah. I know that... And you just point it in the right, right direction. Oh, yeah. It's I'm like, like on, gun. on yeah. neighborhood groups. Like, I'm in my neighborhood group on Facebook. And for a while, you could not go a day without somebody wanting to kill a homeless person. Yeah. <sighs> because somebody stole somebody stole something from my yard. Somebody somebody stole one of my house plants. Blah blah blah. Homeless people I'm like, why does a homeless people want a potted palm? And yeah. if they do want a potted palm, let them have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um what is your uh have we gone through everyone's are we on two? No, we're on two. Okay. We're on two. My number two is us and uh Hands Across America still Mine is We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Oh, that was on my list somewhere. And, I mean, okay, I am immediately the target audience for that because I adore that book. We were, what, five minutes in when there was the scene of mm-hmm. of Maricat doing her weird spell and burying it in the yard, and Jeff turned to me and said, how old were you when you imprinted on this? Oh, please. Who hasn't done a weird spell and buried something in their yard? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I have maybe more reason to ask that question than other people. Shush. <laughs> but it was... It was very dreamlike. It caught the very dreamlike atmosphere of the book. Mm-hmm. The 
the cast was spot on. Yes. The I feel the narrative change they made to amp up some of the tension in it worked really well, and I'm sorry it chased you out of the room. I am I, really sorry. I absolutely appreciate how absolutely wonderfully done and acted and everything about this, and I have a feeling that what knocked it out of my list was the fact that it was so emotionally triggering for me that I actually had a panic attack and yeah. had to hide in my room while I left it play. Yeah. You and didn't get to so see in the other words, the movie. Really well done. Really well done. I but need I to, just couldn't emotionally handle it. And I need to rewatch it and I need to see when it is actually going to be distributed on physical media because yeah. that is one that I want to own. But Netflix the, is so picky on what it allows to be released I know, physically. But the actress, the actress who played Maricat was just fantastic for me. Amazing. So, so good. Yeah, I love that movie. The reason it wasn't, like, further up on my list, it is on my list, is because I wasn't sure I could count it as a horror film. Oh. Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. She just gets an automatic pass. Yeah. For me, the reason it's on my list is whatever the the list I was using to use as a checklist Mm -hmm. didn't have it. Uh, Yeah, I went through the IMD, the... uh, all the horror this year that was listed on Wikipedia. Yeah, and, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't there. It was yeah. not on there. They're they're not really good at uh, documenting things that get VOD yeah. releases. I, I tried a couple of different lists to overcome that, and it's still uh, neither one carried that one. So I I, I have a streaming list or a list um, that I start curating at the beginning of the year for anything that's listed as coming out or anything but, that I see that comes. Yeah, out Yeah, I the really year. loved. We will always live in the castle. Um, the more I learn about Shirley Jackson, the more I love it because yeah. she was that person yeah. who was in this town full of people she had nothing in common with because her husband was a college professor. Yeah. And they were just, he, yeah. I loved the physicality of Maricat. Uh, Formiga's um, uh, acting and portrayal of her in and how other she was yes. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the. Yeah. Uh, the Very ugliness outsidery. that she was willing to portray of being just different. And yeah. And uh-huh. one of the reasons that I love the novel so much, and one of the reasons that I really loved the movie is directly related to that, because so many little girls who are weird and who are other get immediately socialized not to show that. And that resonates with me because on the one hand, my parents were always pretty supportive of the fact that I was a weird little kid. On the other hand, I also learned at an early age how to make my weirdness and my otherness less threatening, yeah. right, more cartoon-like. I'm yeah, trying to think for the public and yeah. for school. What is it that they talk They talk about it in, in um, racially, especially with code switching. Code switching, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you learned very early on to code switch. Yes. Um, what I also really... Okay. Oh, you were about to say something. That's I don't okay. Want, I want I've you got to get it to. Down. Go ahead. Um, what I also really appreciated is how her sister is very much the other end of that spectrum because the number of times that you see her with a forced smile, yeah, um, being genteel and welcoming, and, and sweet, I will make and this better, and and, and mm-hmm. I have to care for everyone, and I have to smooth this because yep. you are that jagged screech, and mm-hmm. I have to make it better, and you see. Yep that pain yeah. in her of like being that forced and it feels it, it's everybody a, in that movie is so good. good so good Crispin Glover when I heard that Crispin Glover was cast as Uncle um, Julian Uncle Julian I was a little annoyed because I've always pictured Uncle Julian as being an old man yeah but 
scarce Crispin Glover spot. is so good in that. He's, yeah. He manages to present this air of fragility that, yeah, I absolutely loved him in that movie. Okay. Um, do you want to, do you want to have talk, your number two is? My number two was us. Oh, oh I thought, okay, I thought you said it, ours were switched so that your number Your number two one was, was us. us. And, oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. All right. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Just go ahead. We're all going to talk about the same movie. (laughs) Well, at least three Uh, of us are. Jim, what was your number two? My number two is that fun little romp, Ready or Not. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. It is. And that's why it's it's number two. I just enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It's tight. We watched it in the theater as soon as it came out, and we just rewatched it again, and it holds up just as well. Yeah. It's it's a delight. And if you're wondering, it has some goats in it. (laughs) Goats! It, it, it's a delight. It's just a delight, and it's it also has that tinge of class warfare. It because, does, just because you you see like, like I said, like the rich are just a completely different entity. You know, these people are just they're just fucked up. They've got money. They don't care about anything. Um, the the aunt, aunt, they get angry at the maids getting killed because well they liked that one. Yes. Uh, oh, the brides of Robert Palmer. Yes. The brides of Robert Palmer. Yes. All the maids are brides of Robert Palmer and, in that movie. And Ant Battle Axe with a Battle Axe oh, was, was just, a, just so wonderful. Um, it, it's just it's it's top to bottom just a fun, delightful movie. It's funny. It's got gore in it, and 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 that bride. God, the, I fucking love her. The so bride much. is wonderful, and it, it just. It's just a tight, little, fun, hilarious, gory, horror, comedy movie. Sure. And number two for me. Yep. Uh, Jeff, what's your two? So, I think with, I'm going to talk about both my two and one, because we sure. talked about them all, both already. Okay. So, I don't want people coming back around to me when we're, we're pretty yeah. much exhausted the discussion. My number two was Hole in the Ground. Awesome. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I... I think because I've done a lot of folklore and mythology yeah. study. Uh-huh. It's uh, so changeling Yes, exactly. I've done a lot of fairy lore study. And, yeah, it's not 100% sure, but it, it reads like those stories so much. And there's a, there's a lot of, you know, old world knowledge, shall we say, plays yeah. a lot into yeah. the movie. Uh, and it just really, and yes, it's a slower film, but I like slower films. I like Oz Perkins. Come on. Um, so. As an example. Oh, yes. As an example. Yeah. Of, of, so a slow film doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, bother me at all. And again, I think Rias really hit the nail on the head when she compared it to the Babadook. There's a very similar energy going yeah. on. Mother son relationship and a monster. Yeah. Somewhere but, along the line. But there's a different kind of broken mm-hmm. going on here. Yeah. And actually, I felt the mother, just the, her performance was great. And the kind of the, how she deals with life throughout it and toward in the end of the movie, how she's dealing with things, just, it's like, wow, somebody took the time. Yeah. Somebody really mapped out how this should work. Yeah. So, and then my number one was us. Oh, fantastic. So since we've already talked about it. Right, that was my number one. What, what I'll, I'll say I said reason, number two because I'm confused. Yeah. The reason it stayed with me is... Uh, besides the, um, the aspects of the class warfare, uh, to me, it was the, the, the aspects of the, I was getting a sense of the face you show the world versus who you are in the dark. 
Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that the tethered were a representation of those parts of us we don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that felt, too, which is why it's such a good movie. It's because yeah. it has layers and layers yeah. of things. I and, need to rewatch it. Yeah. Because I've only seen it the once. I mean, if you think about it, the whole idea of the tether doesn't hold up just on a logistics no. point of view. So yeah, you have to a, go for a metaphor. Yeah. To really enjoy it. Okay. And, and, uh, for me, yeah. And that's where I got with it. And again, I, I loved the, uh, the idea that it was a, a government project that had gotten abandoned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just saying my, my brain that has designed role playing scenarios. When you take it to a logical conclusion, it breaks down somewhere, but that's fine sure. because it gives us the vehicle to talk, to have the story. Mm-hmm. You talk about the performances. I feel, you know, Elizabeth Moss, who at this point God, doesn't, she doesn't fantastic. need. Well, cause here's the thing. You and the s- husband. God, he was a douchebag. Oh, oh first, yeah. Here's the thing. When I first saw Elizabeth like Moss's Tim character. Tim and Eric, I think. Or maybe Eric. I was thinking. They hired Elizabeth Moss, this, this great actress, for this role? Is this really in her? Then you realize, no, because there's a whole other role that has to be portrayed where you win. Tethered is, is like terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying when she's putting the lipstick on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the point of, no, you need a really great actress to pull off those two different yeah. Yeah. performances, which means I, I have great hopes for the, for the daughter. In the future, because oh, the performance it. she gave in this yeah. movie is like, oh, honey, you're good. Yeah. I hope people continue to recognize you're good because you you deserve more work after yeah. that performance. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, anyway, yeah. So, yeah. It's fantastic. Just so I've got those out of the way so that we can now move on. Well, we've to, gone on to one. So I'm going like, to lean so on to that with mine. And, and my number one uh, for this year is Midsummer. Uh, Jillian's is also Midsummer. I'm going to. Come on over close as you are. As I can't, your sofa. I can't lean up. If I had had a chance to see it, because we were supposed to see it together, right? Mm-hmm. And then I don't the day I was doing it got all yeah got all messed all, up, got all bunged up, so I had to cancel my ticket. Yeah. Uh, and then we just kept missing having things get in the way of the movie night you were going to show. So yeah. I have a feeling if I had seen it, it'd be on your list. It'd probably be my number one as well. It yeah. probably would. Possibly for different reasons than it is the number one for Jen and I. Right. But the folklore aspect in it is fantastic. It's fantastic. And yeah, I when love you folk horror and that it's all the folklore. The yeah, opening the the pan across that mural. That's the entire story laid yes. out right there. Where it is not going to work for people is it it is rather than a who did it, it is how they done it. It is a um, how did they get there? How did they get there? And um because they telegraph everything that's going to happen. And if that annoys you, you will not enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, and. I feel so called out right now. I know. Because there's, <laughs> well, that really bothered you on the first watching. And I think you enjoyed it more on the second. Yeah, I liked it more the second time. But the second time I watched it, I watched the longer cut also. Yeah. And that really helped. I still have not seen the director's cut of it. Um, and. It makes the ending even more satisfying. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Um, it's really funny because I have, I have realized in a sense, cause there's a couple of movies that Jim and I have seen together where Jim's like, Oh, it's a little, it's a little too far. And I'm like, no, no, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's just, just far enough. Um, and, but, but cinematically, so a, a comparison where I've heard Jordan Peele is like the next carpenter. Um, I have heard tossed out and, and the cinephiles are going to lose their fucking shit because like, Oh, it's desecration. But, uh, holding up Ari Aster, Aster is, is a new version of, uh, Kubrick. Um, of, because there is an artiness, um, and a, and a coldness to his storytelling. 
Um, and, you know, nobody no. has to be the next coming I of somebody. I don't think of Kubrick as a horror film director at all. I think of right. him as a director who accidentally did a horror film one time. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can... I think he's a director I, of horrible films. There we go. I uh, I see both sides. I, 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 like, I do not like Kubrick's films. Yeah. So. But the... It was very interesting because you and I went and saw it, what, opening weekend? We saw it, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting to watch the gender divide on the reviews. Oh, and I yes. Mean, at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. we Men turned like, to, Why'd you do that? We turned to each are... other, and I was like, they this is really, going to be so, really that bad. so divisive. Yeah. And this is where we talk about spoilers, right? This is where we Yeah, we're going to have spoilers. There's going to be a lot of spoilers for the Midsummer, which we've so, talked about on so many other podcasts, right. so you know so, where we're at. Coming down, you know, at the end of the movie, Jen and I both kind of realized, okay, well, there's the... Being in a community where you are completely emotionally supported and people are there and will experience things with you, the trade-off is you actually have to put a not-so-great boyfriend to death. You know, I would have done that in my 20s. I, If you'd given me that choice like when I was 25, I probably would have made that choice. And, and I see Jeff nodding I, over I, in the I corner. The trade-off was that you have to die when you turn 65. Yeah, you have to be willing to be the sacrifice that allows the younger generation to move on. I was just going to say, you made me make promises. Because you wouldn't have let me set him on fire. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on that. Um, and also, I think one of the things that I that I personally feel was really important is realizing the emotional damage of being unsupported or being basically negged by men. Yeah. And being... Uh, distance from your family and and the problems that come with that and just you know those who wanted to be like oh the boyfriend really wasn't that bad like they don't realize the weight that women carry um that incredibly telling conversation in the beginning of the film where danny is on the phone with a girlfriend of hers and she's like, you know, but you know, I'm being too needy. I'm being crazy. I'm just, I'm too, and I'm too much. Mu- and seeing for her too hysterically much. crying, and, and the moment she gets him on the phone, she fucking sucks every feeling in, right? So that she can not bother him too much. As she's yeah. talking about yep. the fact that she's really worried that her sister is committed is about to commit suicide, right? But she makes sure not her- to. Mm-hmm. place too much of that on yeah. him and hey do you want to come her, hang out and as her boyfriend tells her that you know well you're just enabling her yeah and she's like my sister is bipolar there really isn't fixing this it is understanding that she is going to veer from really really happy to Ooh. really really suicidal and it's just going to be fucking luck or something else that keeps her from killing herself when she's in a low a low swing yeah <laughs> like I am not enabling her and she's not being weak yeah and it's just why i mean just that conversation where she's having with her girlfriend on the phone and her girlfriend's like if he's not supporting you then he's not the right one you are not being needy but she doesn't Uh want to give it up either right oh jesus christ yeah anyway so and also i mean and i've mentioned this the other times we've talked about this movie but again the the aesthetic of it just so those wide open spaces and that sunlit horror thing and yeah there yeah. are so few movies that uh, are that horrifying that take place in that direct sunlight yeah you have yeah. things like uh the what is it the the skin the 
I always forget the the in some, her under in her skin the no, vanishing no, 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 skin no, the vanishing skin yeah it's it's another one of those that takes place the it's vanishing a vanishing skin oh, oh Jesus yeah Christ. that's not what you're thinking you're thinking of the reflecting skin the reflecting, yes, the reflecting skin. skin thank skin. you I couldn't think of the word but it's another one of those movies that's got that peril and that horror that but it's in the bright sunlight and it's mm-hmm. so stark and it's almost scarier in its own way because yeah. you see everything well, Wicker Man did that all yes Wicker Man well also, when yeah. we walked out of this movie I was like so. Brian Fuller walked off the production of Hannibal and went immediately to go remake The Wicker Man. That is it right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came home and started making more flower crowns. Yes, all the flower all crowns. All the flower crowns. Uh, Jim, what is your number one movie? My number one movie is Us. Oh, uh, so, my number two. Yeah, so I'll just, you know, everybody's... So I am the odd person out on this one. Everybody's kind of talked right. about it. I know, it still ranked pretty high for you. It did, yeah. it did. I've, I've seen it, you know, like like Jen, I've seen it three times. I'm Each time I'm still picking up things uh, in, in that I didn't notice before. Uh, you know, the, the metaphor came for me really solidly, I think, on the second one. The first one was like, holy shit. Second viewing was like, oh, no, I'm seeing all this stuff. And the exactly. third one, the third one was like all these little details. Um, like the the call and response that the uh, the the tethered Winston oh, was doing on the boat, on the boat oh, and he's you, yelling, and you realize that someone that's screams back that. at him, and you're yeah. communicating, and that's the first time you find out it's not just this family. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. And then which one of my favorite things in a movie. Yeah, and then um, uh, kind of takes me back to the uh, the final scene of the invitation, exactly. where you realize it's affecting the entire area. Yeah, yeah. the the. Uh, yeah, that that call and response was amazing. The the fact that you realized it kind of gels for you, where, where I was like, and this is the second viewing, but gels like, oh no, she is the she literally is the only one who has the power of speech, literally everybody. Uh-huh. But they all still communicate with one another. They just don't do it. They just don't with, have in English words because right. they've been spent There's their entire three. lives. Not being allowed, not speaking. And talking about, you know, Jeff was talking about the Elizabeth Moss character. The Elizabeth Moss character, when when her tether is putting on that lipstick, you can see when she's close up that she has these jagged scars on her face. Because 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 the other one had some work done. done. Yes. So Uh she also had work done. It's just that she had it by completely unqualified medical professionals underground who just took a knife to her. Uh huh. It's in that horrible mirror image. It's like, holy shit. The the level of detail that went into that movie, the level of thought in that third viewing that I was catching, I was just like, this is amazing and rich. And and it is my number one for that reason. It's it's, it's a a movie that I can rewatch. Uh, get something different from get every something time. different from it. A little, pick yeah. up maybe something yeah, a little yeah. different. So I wanted to bring up my honorable mentions because there are a couple mm-hmm. movies that I saw that either just didn't quite connect with me, but I really appreciated what they brought to the table. Um, I saw In Fabric, uh, which I, is... Oh, I want to see that so badly. So I will That's say... It's a killer dress movie, right? It is, the, yes. it is a fucking killer dress movie. I so movie. want to see that. I have gone to... Scarecrow a couple of times to grab it, but they only have an import copy, and I haven't been able to get it yet. Yeah. Um, it is one half of the most fucking amazing movie. Like, had it been just the first half of the movie and the last five minutes of it, it would have probably been on my list. Um, there is a scene in it where she's a divorcee. She has an adult son who's in college and has just an absolutely fucking awful girlfriend who is always at her house and is like hypersexual and uncomfortable and weird around her and her son's just being a dick and he's he's 
all fine with his divorcee dad moving on with his girlfriend, but mom's not supposed to do that. And so she goes on this Tinder date with a guy who is very obviously lied like a fucking son of a bitch on his profile and promises that he is going to bring her a rose. And he pulls out this like shitty U-shaped rose. I promised you I'd have this. Talking about in his profile about how he laughs all the time. The guy is sullen and awful across the table. And she is, you know, she is probably in her 50s. And watching her try and struggle through this date where, Mm -hmm. in all honesty, she should fucking get up and leave. And how we as women... Aren't allowed, suffer, aren't trained to do that. Are, are just, yes. Well, you might make him uncomfortable. You might hurt his feelings, feelings if you leave because he's just a fucking dick. But the thing is, there's a point midway through this movie where it goes to the next person who gets the dress. And it just changes tone and is weird. And I didn't like it. Mm. But where they come to a re- resolution at the end of it, completely for it. Um, and with its resolution, but that that one that third of the movie is just it's yeah, weirdly it comedic. Real surreal. And, I've heard it's oh, it's super David surreal, Lynchy and surreal, surreal and, and giallo esque, and yeah. But it's the fact that it's a fucking killer dress. See, that's and, why I want to see it. Oh no, why you want to see it is the shop owners. It's like in this huge oh my like basement. They are fabulous, and they. The thing is that delights me is. Uh, because it's shop the, girls. Yes, they are demented. And then there's this old man who like controls. He's like this puppet master. They speak in this rhyme and this stilted way of speaking that is so fucking weird. But everybody just talks to them like they're talking normally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> the other one that I started and I couldn't stop is a movie called Gwen. And it is set um, kind of in... Is somewhere like in Scotland where they have like this farm where um, the father has gone off to fight in some war. They've got the village that they're a part of, but the mom and her older daughter and the younger daughter are trying to keep the farm going. Um, and her mom is going crazy. And like she comes out one day and the mother has murdered all of the farm animals. And she's like, but we could have used, she goes, no, they're, they're worthless now. You just have to light them all on fire. And it keeps getting darker and darker and darker. And, um, one of our, one of the friends from, um, Jason from, uh, Crypticon, he was like, I think you'd like this, but I kind of think it's too dark for you. Um, I was loving it, and it just keeps getting darker, and the mother is more and more fucked up, and I was like, and I'm out! Because I just couldn't, and I and I went to <laughs> the, sometimes where I'm like weighing, because we watched mm-hmm. uh, The Perfection last night, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can fucking handle this movie, and so I'll go to Wikipedia and I'll read how it's going to wrap up, and I'm like, right. okay, can I emotionally handle the rest of this? And with The Perfection, I fast-forwarded to the end, and I was like, huh, but I was really glad I missed the huge portion of it. Right. And with Gwen, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I had like little nope bubbles flying right. off of me because I just could not fucking handle this movie and how bad <laughs> it was going to go. Um, the last one I'm going to... Well, I have to watch it. Yeah. The last one I'm going to mention is one called I Trapped the Devil, um, which is um, a movie where this guy goes to visit his brother um, and he thinks he's captured a devil or the devil and has him trapped in his house. And, um, it's this one, I can't remember. He's, he's the ass. He's the really, well, he's, he's not the, he is the asshole boyfriend from your next. And I can't remember his name right now. Oh, um, is one of the actors in it. He's done a bunch of indie horror. Um, and 
stylistically, I really got it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy the very the movie very much. Um, and it's a little, you know, it's indie. It's it's an interesting like you've trapped something horrible in your house and you're certain it's terrible, but other people don't know if you're crazy. Right. It was interesting. I just didn't love it. So, right. does anybody else have any honorable mentions that? I, uh, I have a few. Okay. Yeah, I got I got some stuff here. First of all. Uh, my honorable mentions are two TV shows, one of which we'd always, we love and talk about and everybody's seen, which is what we do in the shadows. Oh my God. Which just made my year so much better. I, I was having a stressed out moment. I'm like, I want to watch something happy. And Jim's like, do you want to watch what we do in the shadows? Uh huh. <laughs> yes. The TV show's great. The movie is great. Taika Waititi has had an incredible year this year. I just watched uh, the episode of The Mandalorian that was just on. It was the finale he directed, and it was great. I'm just so happy for him because he seems like such a doing wonderful things. I rewatched all of what we do in the shadows on my birthday. Just straight through. My other honorable mention for the year is going to be something that is not for everyone, but was definitely for me, which is a show called Los Espookies. Oh, I've heard wonderful things about Which is that. just super fun. It's about a bunch of weirdos who love horror movies, and and it's real surreal, and the comedy is just bizarre, and I loved it. Um, the movie I watched this year that was the scariest movie... And I didn't include it on my list because it's a short film and it's not publicly available. Is a little a thing I saw at the Lovecraft Festival called um, the Hide Behind. Oh, it's like I remember a you telling me about that. Film about a guy who's lost in the gone hiking and gotten lost, and he sees this person who's like just from the back. It looks like a burlap wearing like a... It looks from behind like a person draped in an old, filthy burlap blanket. That's terrifying. And he goes over and he's trying to get directions. He's like, you have to help me. I'm completely lost. And he goes over and it shuffles away. It doesn't walk or run away. It shuffles away. And <laughs> I'm like wearing then, this like horrified look on my face. Yeah, and it gets weird and it hides behind a tree. And so he goes behind the tree and it's not there. And then he looks and it's standing over by this sapling, which is like a two inch diameter sapling. And he starts to head over toward it and it steps behind the sapling and disappears. And I'm like, nope. And it's just, it's just this thing chasing this guy around the woods and this guy trying to get away from it because it's terrifying. And it's so incredibly Wrong? What I think the fa- <laughs> what I think see, running into fairies would actually be like. It yeah. is just messed up. There's no violence in it. There's no blood. There's just this thing and this guy and so, so good. What I will say is it's so hard because there's so many of these great shorts out there and it's mm-hmm. really hard to find them. They yeah. might be up on, uh, is it Vimeo? Um, yeah. Vimeo seems to be the choice of like, directors yeah. putting out their stuff yeah. or it might fall onto YouTube. But what I am starting to notice is shutter has a lot of shorts on it. You'll be whipping through something. You'll be like, well, that sounds like an interesting movie. And you're like, this is 37 minutes long. I this only have shutter five minutes through long. Amazon. So and it the has selection less is super smaller. limited. Yeah. Yeah. So was there anything else honorable that you wanted to mention? Uh, nothing honorable. <laughs> uh, um, I would like to talk about a book that I just read, which we are definitely going, I'm going to reread because we're definitely doing it on our podcast by someone named T. Kingfisher, and it's called The Twisted Ones. Ooh. And it is one of the few books I've read in the past 
couple years that I have sat down to read and not put down the, until I finished it. And it's about a lady who goes to clean out a house from her dead aunt that no one liked. Ooh. And, the la- and finds out her aunt is a hoarder. Ugh. And the house is all up in the woods. And... It just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it just gets weirder <laughs> and weirder. And it's loosely... Connected to the story The White People by Arthur Machen. Okay. Oh. Uh-huh. And there's some very messed up forest creatures in it. And I absolutely loved it. There's images in it that have stuck with me that I think will be creeping me out for the rest of my life. So I definitely... All right, yeah. then. And I want to get to Jim and his, his uh, All right. honorable your mentions because you look tired, baby. Uh, my honorable mentions um, is, uh, first of all, uh, I've done a couple of them already, but Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Want to get it all it's in. really well done. It's it's well done. It shows, there's so like so many of those, those You can comments. feel Guillermo's touches in, in the, in yes. the fact yes. that they were literally creating the, uh, the, the characters from mm-hmm. the illustrations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the, the movie didn't fully come together for me, but it had like, if it was a, if it was like a, um. Anthology, uh, anthology instead of a yeah. movie, uh, you know, or 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 something more right. to that effect. It, it I think it Might works have better. Um, but uh, uh, it it shows, and and so many of the comments about you know like Black Christmas or like well it's a PG thirteen movie it's ruining horror you know blah blah blah. Oh shut up! You can do scary Not stories yet. shows. You can do you can do creepy and scary without having it be gross. Yeah. You know, it, oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Because, because the, the, whatever it was, the, the, the tangled man or whatever it was that they, the, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. was scary as shit. And you didn't need to have gore to make it yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I saw that guy on, uh, some talent show that he was on, America's Got Talent or something before he was put in this movie. And that guy's just got no cartilage. <laughs> he just can twist his body in horrible ways. And I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's going to be in a Guillermo del Toro movie in 15 minutes. <laughs> Guillermo, we've got a, a recommendation. this guy? Because I think you're going to like him. <laughs> we found your new best friend. Uh, another honorable mention is Ma. Uh, Ma, another movie that didn't quite come together. Oh, has its got- issues. Just watched it. Yeah, has its issues. Uh, there's some some. But some seeing Octavia, she but she Octavia Butler's great in it. Performances are good. It's got Alice. Is and it Danny. Butler is span- as Octavia Spencer. It's Octavia, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Um, it's it's a it's a solid horror movie of of its genre. Yeah. It's solid. It. It tries to do a little too much. Yep. I think it gets a little. But everybody's really good in, in it. Its own I, Juliette Lewis as the mom is good. The teenage girl yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. I felt about after I watched that movie, I remembered how when Get Out became popular, they started just taking scripts for and just like inserting characters in it that were black without giving them any inherent. Which is fun. It's colorblind casting, and I like that. But I also felt like that movie that could have been played by any actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it kind the, of was a waste of... I think it was a missed opportunity yeah. to not have some... Especially it was set in a small podunk town. Yeah, there should have been have some one elements. black girl there should have had some elements. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like it could have been... Yeah. There's it, so much peril in, ha- in being an angry black woman to make that be the butt of the 
the story. Yeah. But is, yeah. It, it, it got a little tangled up, I think, in its own narrative. There was a little too much going on at certain yeah. points. Yeah. And, uh, but, but you know, a good solid effort. There's a yeah. good, good creepiness in there at times. Some, yeah. Some there really some, good scenes. Yeah, I didn't, I did not hate it, but I did not put it on my list. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, the one thing that doesn't get touched on here a lot, uh-huh. because this horror movie podcast, but this was a very interesting year in horror games. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, and so I started following a stream on Twitch uh, of a woman named uh, Kayla, who goes by Cauliflower, who I always describe as, if Jennifer Lovely did a Twitch stream on horror games, this is what it would be like. <laughs> um, but uh, because she does, 90% of the time she's doing Dead by Daylight which is a horror-themed but not really scary game. But anytime a scary game comes out, she plays it. And this year, there was a great game that was a Kickstarter game called The Beast Inside. Oh, yeah. Highly narrative. There's only one combat sequence in the entire game. Oh, sweet. I'm playing that. Everything else is atmospheric puzzles and, and delivering a story done in two different timelines. Nice. And how it comes together, it was just, it was really impressive. And she wasn't expecting much of it. And I watched her entire playthrough. In fact, since I missed her, I went back and watched the videos of it. Impressive amount of work done on this game. Cool. Plus, you had Man of Meden come out this year, which was okay. And The Blair Witch, which was a surprisingly effective mm-hmm. continuation of that story in a horror game. So there was some really good... That's cool. Horror in games, uh, the, the horror game creators realize that they've, they've got to step up their game on creating a, 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 a personal sense of tension, but that gore isn't necessary because yeah. none of these games went, well, man, I'm needing a little bit, but generally these games didn't go for the gore. They were like, no, we want to make you feel nervous, imperiled, imperiled and, yeah. and bring those real sense of horror. So it was a good year for that. That's and cool. That stuff's out there. I know it's not everyone's bag, but if it is... There you are. Check it out. Okay, that Jim. Does, that does remind me of what I was going to say. For Christmas, for the family, we picked up a uh, VR rig for the PlayStation. And last night, I started playing Resident Evil on VR oh. with Resident Evil 7, um, which has a different setup. Uh, but having it in VR, where you are literally inside the game, um, is harrowing. So you actually got a little motion sick. I got a little motion sick, uh, but also just like the for opening part of that game, where in all these games it's always just tension because you don't know what exactly. I'm going into this cold. I don't know the narrative to it. So you know, it's just it's tension. You're going to this abandoned house to find your girlfriend who's been missing for three years. And just sent you a message. A long time. A long oh, but time. she sent you a message. But okay. She sent you a message, and Three she said, "This later. is where I am." So you you go to this abandoned house, and it's creepy, and it's all tension, and it's all like, is something around that dark corner inside this house? Um, that's it, it's terrifying, just utterly terrifying. There's good jump scares because you're wearing this. You're you're in there, and all of a sudden something leaps out. It's immersive out. to be yeah. wearing the 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 VR gear. That's it's, the point. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. incredible. Um, that said, uh, when you, if I was going there to find my girlfriend, uh, and I came around a corner at, at, outside when I'm walking to the path to find the way in, and I came across a gateway that was made out of a horse skull and a whole bunch of cut apart horse legs. Then you'd know you were in I my would, house. I would say. No, thank you. I am full of no. I am going to go back to my car. I'm going to either call or drive to town to get the police. And we are coming back here because that, it's that is not, not right. good. 
That is, that should not be there. So was that what you meant to? Was that the thing that you meant to bring up, or was that was the thing that I meant to bring up? All right, so so. this has been going. We we are a long episode, which Jim is going to have to edit. (laughs) 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 What I do want to say, it was a really interesting year for horror. And it was a really fucking horrifyingly interesting year for us. So oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed for a little bit more smooth sailing next year. Yes. Um, and uh, gosh, it's been a pleasure. I, I entered five years of doing this podcast and Woo! I am so fucking happy at it is still going and it's still going with all of us. So happy, happy new year, everyone. And uh, see you again in two weeks. Bye. 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 Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. Ha, 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 ha.